Hey, pardon my take, listeners. You can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. On today's Pardon My Take, we have The Last Dance Review. Episodes 1 and 2 dropped Sunday night. It was crazy to actually all for one time in the last like two months get in front of the TV and watch something simultaneously. It was almost like sports were back. We have Daniel Jeremiah. We have Who's Back of the Week. We do a lot of NFL draft. It's draft week. NFL draft deep dive. We have Mount Flushmore of toppings. And then... We had Billy just tell us uh, the bunker that he created, the berserker bunker that's also half zoo. Just an unintentionally hilarious Billy deep dive this week. Before we do all of that, part of my take is brought to you by the Cash App. Not only is it the easiest place to send money to your friends, it's the safest. You don't need to be face-to-face when you use the Cash App. It is the number one social distancing app in the world. That's decided by me and me only, but... Cash App is the best. They've been gifting uh, subscriptions to our Twitch channel left and right. They've been sponsoring the Cat Cave Derby. The Cash App is the best, and Cash App people are the best. And if you don't have the Cash App, fade on site, I don't want to know you because Cash App is the best. And, of course, when you download the Cash App, we're giving away free money. Just use the code Barstool. You get $10. You can use that $10 to buy something, to tip someone, to pay it forward. Whatever you want to do, do it right now with code Barstool. You get $10 for free, and the Cash App will also send $10 to ASPCA. Download the Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today. Cash App also gave $10,000 to charity on Friday night for the Cat Cave Derby. So the Cash App is doing everything for everyone, and you need to do something for the Cash App and download it right now. Okay, let's go. Welcome to Part of My Take, presented by the Cash App. Go download it right now. Use code Barstool. You get $10 for free, $10 to the ASPCA. Today is Monday, 420. What is it? (laughs) It's a traveling marijuana circuit. Shit, dude. I was going to actually start it with, and here we go. Uh, quote the late Heath Ledger, quote John Rothstein before uh, the last dance started, but I forgot it was 420. So lead story, <laughs> blaze it, blaze it, good. Uh, what what a night this was. Yes. You touched on it in the intro, but man, it felt awesome to all be doing the same thing at the same time as everybody. It was great. I didn't see a single tweet out there that said, "Oh, is the sports ball movie on?" I didn't see anybody being negative about it. It was just cool to experience something even though there were commercials it was cool to experience something again at the same time as everybody else i missed you well i i I agree with you yeah it was uh it was incredible it was it's incredible first two episodes of the documentary but it was also nice to like get back together and it felt like watching a big game felt like watching sunday night football 
the commercials thing did fuck me up. It was so weird. When the, when the first commercial came on, I was like, what the fuck is going on with my TV right now? Like, the, the most I'm used to is that three seconds that Netflix gives you to watch the next episode of The Office. And here I am right. having to watch, like, th- three minutes of non-content, like, content I don't want to watch. I haven't, that hasn't even, like, it come into my brain for the last 35 days. It's the one good thing about quarantine is commercials are just completely obsolete and here we are like suckers watching commercials. I hope that I hope that ESPN is getting like Super Bowl level money for the commercials because holy shit, oh. we're captivated. We can't go anywhere and we're frozen out of fear like when the commercial came on I thought my computer bro- I mean my TV broke. Well, it's from the Facebook company now. They changed their name. It's like the Ohio State University. It's no longer just Facebook. You have to put that at the start of it. And now they're trying to get us to put the robots inside our house after every fuck up that they've had over the last six years. That's probably what irritated me the most about the commercials was just that it was like Facebook being like, hey, can we put a spy in your house? That's cool, right? You guys don't have a problem with that. You got nothing else going on. Uh, but I, it was so good and it was so fun to watch alongside everybody else that I didn't even mind. Like I needed a little bit of a break to take a breath because the stories are that compelling. And if you were born in the mid nineties, if you're born in the two thousands, you don't remember these teams. This, this must be even better for you getting to watch all this shit for the first time, but like going behind the scenes and seeing all the drama that was going on. Let me just say Jerry Krause. Uh, congratulations, Carol Baskin, because you are off the hot seat as the most hated person in America. Jerry Krause, sometimes in life, and listen, as a fellow short guy, I think I'm definitely taller than Jerry Krause, but as a fellow short guy, you have to know your place sometimes. And sometimes your place is to just shut the fuck up and just don't do anything. Don't fuck up a good thing, Jerry. Shut the fuck up. Quit being an idiot. You look like a moron. You got a stupid face. You're not going to improve anything. I, I was so mad. Here's the thing, though. Jerry Krause deserves to be hated for the way that the the Bulls dynasty ended, but he also deserves credit for putting together, uh, you know, being a big part of putting together the Bulls dynasty. And the best Jer- Jerry Krause quote out there that I've ever seen, I think it was a David Halberstam uh, quote, when he said Krause deserved more credit than he got, but wanted more credit than he deserved. So he's constantly okay. stuck in that spot where he is like, I should be getting more credit. And he probably, in a weird way, should, but he wanted so much credit that it then became a detriment and a galvanizing force for those Bulls teams to be like, fuck you, dude. And and you saw it when MJ shit-talking him at the ring night. You saw it, Scottie Pippen being like, fuck this, I can't handle anymore. Like, he, he was... He was a, a figure that, like, and, and they didn't really get, they kind of touched on it, but, like, he was openly flirting with Tim Floyd, like, openly, openly flirting with Tim Floyd. They they kind of mentioned that, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, Jerry kind of tried to trade Scottie Pippen. He tried to trade Scottie Pippen 11 days after Scottie Pippen had the game-winning steal against the Jazz to win the fifth title. 11 days. And he had already tried to trade him a few times before that. So, yes, Jerry Krause is going to be the villain of this. And part of me, like, in a weird way, feels a little bad because he's the only one who's passed away and can't speak up for himself. He's not here to defend himself. But even himself. still, he, d- yeah. he does even deserve still, some a lot of this it, criticism because it really was Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen versus Jerry Krause. And I jokingly said it before the the first episode, but Jerry Reinsdorf firing Gar Pax before this came out was genius because he took Jerry Krause's side. And he went against, like, could you imagine in today's NBA, the best player in the world? So, 
LeBron James right now being like, oh, I want to, I want to, I want my coach to stay, and the front office being like, no, uh, like it's We're it's insane. It's an organization, yeah, it is, it is. I think people have started to realize that maybe having a transcendental player is a little more beneficial to your team than having like a decent coach that your owner gets along with. And just watching Jerry, the the powerful, powerful energy of uh, Maury from Maury's wigs that he gives mm-hmm. off is just incredible. And you keep wondering when Scottie Pippen is going to put that ice pick through the back of his neck. Cause he's Scotty was so mad at him the whole time. And I don't blame Scottie Pippen. He was 122nd yes. highest player yes. in the NBA in what, 1997, six, 1998? Six, six, that's insane. Sixth highest player on the Bulls. And it was also, that's also a classic Reinsdorf thing to be like, well, I, I told him at the time to not sign that contract. And Scotty's story is a great one because it's like, you know, he came from a large family. He wanted to help his family. And to not renegotiate, like, that's, that's kind of what, you know, the MO of the mm-hmm. front office. I also love the peak of John Paxson saying, like, oh, yeah, Jerry Krause tried to storm into the locker room after we won and they played MJ more minutes than he should have because of his hurt foot. And he was like, yeah, it was a bad scene. And I wanted to be like, are you, did you just did you just say, like, the, the front office and the, and the team having big-time rift was a bad scene, like, foreshadowing much or have a little self-awareness here of, like, what's going on? Well, I think that's why he kind of swallowed that line. He kind of – he could have expanded on that a little bit. But he knew in the back of his own brain, he's like, "You're getting into very dangerous well, territory." He also, so yeah, him, I mean, he just he, let that one he, breathe. For he a also bit. knew that he choked Vinny Del Negro, so like that actually happened as well when that, he yeah, was also Vinny, true. when Vinny was the coach. Uh, uh, it was it was actually fascinating seeing how it went all the way back to that Celtics series where where Jordan kind of willed the team's way. By the way, they went like thirty and fifty or something like that and got the eight mm-hmm. seed. Uh, willed their way into the playoffs to play the Celtics, you get to see a little glimpse of the game changing because I think a lot of times we talk about, oh, this player changed the game, and you don't really know what that looks like. But you can see what it looks like when you see Rick Carlisle playing out there and then Michael Jordan playing. And you're like, okay, this was a person who took a game that was at this level before. And then, yeah, the Celtics were really good. That was really like good. one of the best teams but, of all but, time. Yes, they're really good. But you could see like that's that's when the game changed into like a, a much much more athletic version. Well, I'd actually I'd actually disagree. I'd say that's not when the game the game changed just because Michael Jordan was that much better than everyone because there was no one else like him. Like no one else came along after like right after him or or during his era who was like that. And it I mean that's it's him the, and like Magic Johnson. Yeah, but Magic was already there, but the the quote the the Larry Bird quote that was God disguises Michael Jordan is like an all-time quote and that was the that like little montage to have Magic and Larry Bird while still like playing him, basically being like, "Yeah, he's the best. He's the best player in the world." Like that's crazy. We also we also got a couple of great quotes out of this. We got Scottie Pippen saying, "I'm not going to fuck my summer up." Mm-hmm. That's it's, great. He, that that quote's going to live. He on. was the pre Shaq uh, when Shaq did it. When he said, "I I, I uh, got hurt on company time. I'm going to heal on company time," which is a baller mm-hmm. move that he did with the Lakers, where he's like, "I'm just going to get in shape and." And fix all my body ailments when the season starts. I, I mean, Scotty had every right to do that. This is the yeah. This is the summer of Scotty. He was like, "I'm going to go to Cabo. I'm going to take my shirt off, and I'm going to meet some ladies. And uh, there's no chance that I'm just going to spend that time rehabbing." And then uh, there was also a great quote later on when uh, what was it? Well, common common story was ridiculous. I think he was lying about that. By the way, did you see <laughs> yes. common story? Well, where didn't he even like, make the documentary. Somebody, he got commercial. Like that sucks. <laughs> How much do you think that autograph would go for? The autograph of Common 
signing Michael Jordan's name yeah, that's incorrectly? A good question. That's a good question. A lot, a lot of money. Probably, probably a lot these yeah, days. Yeah, the, um, uh, the 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 traveling cocaine circus was good. Yeah, too. Michael Jordan basically being a narc and being like, no, thank you. Like gambling, yes. Drinking, yes. Cocaine, absolutely fucking not. Although he said he didn't drink, he didn't even drink back then either. Yeah, it's true, but he he does drink now. His mom, his Michael Jordan's mom, looking thirty years younger than Michael Jordan's, like okay, that was like that's that's crazy, and that's probably maybe a little plastic surgery, but it was like holy shit, like she's oh, she's, a fox. she's she looks she's like she's forty. Fox. This might just be the quarantine talking, but Michael Jordan's mom got on TV. I was like, fellas, the the uh, I need what I need. Like it was it was a great first two episodes. I fucking need more practice footage of MJ just ripping into everyone. And poor Ron Harper, just like the, this is the fucking butt of every single criticism that MJ has to throw out there. But like, that's, that's, you know, the, the whole documentary starts and he's like, I wanted it more. And like the story, the the other one was Roy Williams. Like Roy Williams could talk. It could just be 10 hours of Roy Williams talking um, when he says freaking and, and it's like more powerful than any swear word ever. But uh, him saying that, like, you know, when the story of MJ basically being a lightly recruited guy comes to the camp five days later, like, yeah, he's the best player in the country. He's like, holy shit. Yeah. And being like this daggum youngster, mm-hmm. that that gets me going. Just when Roy Williams says that about you, you know, you're he, a great he also had the Roy Williams also had the quote. Michael Jordan is the only player that could turn it on and off and he never freaking turned it off. So I think that means he didn't have an on and off switch because he never turned it off. Either he knew that there was an off switch, but it was just never, never. We, hit. He just acknowledged it that it op- was there. Yeah, it was, it was. It's like the meme of the guy sweating with the two buttons in front of him. One button says uh, "turn it on," and the other button says "don't turn it mm-hmm. off." Mm-hmm. And it was. Uh, yeah, I mean the whole the whole first two episodes. I think I think the third episode might be Rodman, but this was like Scottie Pippen. I mean, that's the other thing. Like people, and I, you know what was cool is also seeing. Um, people, because like you know, we're we're both thirty five, so we're we we remember it, but not like the first, you know, the eighty stuff. Obviously, we don't remember it all, but like yeah. our our guy R J Hampton, who plays for the Breakers, who was born probably in in I don't know two thousand two. Uh, when he he like tweeted, he's like, oh my god, and they were all twos talking about a sixty three point performance against Celtics. Like seeing that, it's like okay, this this is actually going to have the effect that that they yeah. knew it was like people who never saw Michael Jordan play are going to be like, holy shit, this is insane. That was actually that was actually a crazy stat line too. So that stat line was sixty three and then five and six. Yep. Which is wild because now there's so many triple doubles and they didn't have as many back then. And then the game before that, I think he had what, like fifty five and then four rebounds? Yeah, he had forty nine, I think, the game before that. And the and the other thing is like the rest of the team had basically nothing. I think Charles Oakley had like uh like thirteen or fourteen rebounds, and it was like there was no one else who was doing anything on that team. Um like uh, like I think I think it was like Charles Oakley had like a few rebounds or fourteen, thirteen rebounds and, and Orlando Woodridge had uh Woolridge had like twenty points or something, but everything else was MJ. It was like everyone else had uh, two points. The best way I can describe MJ is he was so good that if you rooted for him, let's say outside if you're outside of New York City, Boston or LA, growing up anywhere in the United States back in like the mid nineties, and you just decided to become a Bulls fan because of MJ 
nobody would make fun of you or call you a front runner. They would be like, yeah, that makes sense that you're going to root for Jordan. The that, that, uh, the Paris clips were incredible. Like seeing people in Paris just going fucking bananas for, you know, in, uh, uh, basically a scrimmage and MJ going everywhere and wearing a beret. Also, Phil Jackson had the coolest like Indiana Jones hat ever. He was fucking cool. Also, but, that, um, that yeah. love that sound guy just going going all out for that autograph. Yes, yes, and the armband like, after the game the when he like band. basically ripped it off MJ's arm. Oh, He's no, like, I didn't realize that. that was the same guy. <laughs> no, that yeah, was a player. He was, like, oh. he was yeah. like, "Can I keep it?" And then Jordan made him take the armband off his own arm, and then they go into the locker room. They got the trophy. He's like, "I don't care what you do with that shit. Just don't give it to Jerry." The other, the other things <laughs> I wrote down. You yeah, don't, you don't celebrate oh, an easy win. In they France. were so That's mean, so mean to Jerry Krause at any turn because he always just it's like. He Jerry Krause was that guy who's just like always kind of butting into conversations. If it felt like, you know what I mean. He's always just kind of wandering around, and yeah, like you said, Maury from from Goodfellas. Yeah, he's he's fucking Maury, and he's a combination of Maury and and the guy in that infomercial that's carrying all those buckets out to his car and spills all of them over the hood yes. of his car. Like that's that's Jerry Krause, and who knows? He might have been a sweetheart behind the scenes when he's maybe he was a good family man. I don't know. All I'm going off of is what I'm being shown in this documentary. And uh, I I can't get enough of how much I hate. Well, in 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 classic Reinsdorf fashion, which ended up being a good move, but him being like, yeah, Jerry Krause was a, a White Sox scout for me, and then he's like, hey, I, w- I want to be the Bulls GM, and he's like, okay, cool. <laughs> like what? And he was like, I Sounds asked everyone, I, I asked everyone around, they're like, don't do business with him. And he's like, well, he was my guy, so I went with him. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. The the only other things I wrote down were uh, obviously that people were freaking out about how they had uh, President Obama and President Clinton on, and they both put like they put former Chicago resident for Obama and former Arkansas governor for Clinton. <laughs> Stick to sports to the max. I loved it. I loved it. Big time Bull, Bulls fan. Yeah. Barack Obama. Yeah, it was so good. That, Basket, that's how you know him. Fan. Yes, you don't know him for anything else. Um, how about how about Patrick Ewing? They so they interviewed him about that Georgetown UNC championship game, and he's wearing the Georgetown shirt. I hope that they keep going back to Patrick Ewing and and interviewing about different times that Jordan broke his heart, and each time he's wearing the polo shirt of the like a different team. Like he'll be he'll wear the Knicks shirt when it talks about uh, Jordan just dominating mm-hmm. in the playoffs, and back to a Georgetown shirt when it goes back to then. Um, I don't know if this is going to get to later on in Jordan's career when he becomes a wizard. And then after that, when he I don't think so. owns the, the Charlotte Bobcats, I, I really hope that it does because that that'll tie a nice little bow on the end. I think that, so in, in the middle of it, he said the best way to get Michael Jordan to do something is to tell him that he can't do it. I think enough people finally told him like, there's no chance that you can own the Charlotte Hornets and succeed as their owner. And he was like, we'll see about that. So he's still working on that one at the very end. The, but um, the, the one thing from that first Patrick Ewing MJ game in the uh, 82 finals, I wish they had shown the pass at the end because I don't know what the points, I don't think you look like I try to look up a point spread um, from 1982. Someone, if someone has it, send it to me, but that was an all time. Like we would have lost our minds because if they didn't show the whole highlight, but MJ hits the shot. And then Fred Brown goes down and gets confused and it basically just passes it directly to a North Carolina player thinking that he's on his team. Like the, almost like when you're playing pickup basketball and some and like the other team, the guy's like, oh, pass it here just to fuck with you. That's what it looked like in the fucking national championship game. 
And I wish we had like I wish they had shown that because that was an all time. If that had anything to do with the spread or anything, it would have. I just think about that. Like I would have melted down forever. Yeah, it, it looked like you were playing like with your buddies, yes. and, and you didn't have jerseys or pennies on yes. or anything like that. And you're like, oh shit! I thought that you were on my. The guy was like right. Na- the guy was being slow getting right. back on defense. Right, he's sure. like here, pass yeah, to me. It, yeah. I, I also wish that they could just superimpose a three-point line onto the court and, and all that old footage just so that it looks kind of normal. It looks weird, man. It looks like – it looks naked out there without a three-point yeah. line. Yeah, and then the um, – I guess the only other thing I had was the uh, – th- that was a great story, the uh, MJ when he's playing golf with Danny Ainge the, ga- the day before the game, which is hilarious in its own right. Um, mm-hmm. And and he says to him, like, hey, tell, tell, tell your boy DJ I got something for him tomorrow. Just like the – the nonstop shit talking that MJ does is just like, that's why he always kind of had the mental edge on everything. Like he just never stopped. Like whether you're playing golf on an off day, most people can relax. He just, he's just not, he's like a psychopath, but in a good way because it gets him everything he wanted and he wins at all costs. Like people say win at all costs. They don't really mean it. Michael Jordan meant it. Right. I think that, that, a problem is uh, a lot of players after MJ decided to adopt the MJ attitude, mm-hmm. but they don't really – they don't have the internal makeup that MJ does. They're not as good, and so you end up just having a lot of assholes out there who can't back it up, and that's a problem. But, like, if you're – you're allowed to be as big a dickhead as you want if you can back it up like MJ always the, did. The – I think Kobe gets interviewed for this, and that's the – you know, that's one of the biggest compliments you can say about Kobe's career, you know – outside of obviously all the the trophies he won and everything, but he was the closest thing to MJ after MJ in terms of that competitive mean streak, win at all costs, like I will do anything it takes to do it. So it was an awesome, awesome first. I wish we had it every night. Like I wish they had just, they just give it to us every night because I just want it right now. Like I, it was, it was great to get it and then be like, fuck, we have to wait a, wait a whole week for more of this. And then week two is just going to be one hour, right? They're going to play the second no. hour or whatever from from this one. They're doing two hours again. Yeah, it's next two week? hours every single week. Thank God. For five weeks. Thank God. Okay. Not twenty hours like like Adam be... Schefter reported. It's ten hours mm-hmm. long and it's two hours every single Sunday. Okay. All right. Thank God. So we got two hours next week to look. You got five to Sundays. It, you know what the the only thing that kind of bums me out though is that this whole thing was supposed to be released every other night of the NBA Finals. And that would have been like sports nirvana to watch the finals. If LeBron's mm-hmm. in the finals and trying to like watch history and also watching history every other other night. Did LeBron tweet anything, Hank? He did. He did not. I set up alerts on my phone to see if LeBron was going to tweet. He is conspicuous. He's uh, smashing the heart button on perfect. I would. I would put a million dollars on him with like a lengthy Instagram post tomorrow that that brings it all back to himself. Because you know LeBron wasn't – I don't think LeBron was interviewed in this. Yeah, why would he have been? Well, I mean, like there was some you know of the – some of the guys – like, you know, obviously some of the guys who came after MJ were interviewed in it. But, yeah, he was You know wasn't. what it's going to be? It's going to be LeBron wearing number 23 in high school, and he'll caption it like, to the, the GOAT Michael Jordan, this is why I decided to strive for greatness wearing your number 23. And then it'll be a slide thing where you can look at three other pictures of LeBron wearing 23 and dunking right, people. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also Bob Costas, young Bob Costas is so fucking funny. <laughs> it's great too because seeing all these guys, dude, all these old guys back in the day when they were like just trailing around 
people who are much taller than them with their little stick and just the media still. like them just doing con- like conducting business in the media like straight yeah. up just being like michael jordan's being like yeah like if you're doing this from a business like that's fucked up yeah the the um bob costas like you know that bob costas puts on like three hours of makeup every morning to to try to look like 1984 bob costas <laughs> he's he's yep. always chasing that <laughs> Uh, the other great quote from MJ was when he found out that it, there was like a 10% chance of him rebreaking his foot. And the doctor said, well, if I gave you 10 pills and one of them would kill you, would you take one of the pills? And his answer was, well, it depends how fucking bad the headache yeah, is. That's the competitive. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, he, it's the for the love of the game, you know, clause in his contract. That's also that's where the Jerry Krause like you can point to every spot. They kind of did it. You know, the Phil Jackson, Jerry Krause beef. Jerry Krause basically being like 82-0 and 0 and you're still not coming back. Pippen in his contract. And MJ and Krause, their beef started there. Like, their beef started with Krause putting, you know, restrictions on his minutes and, and, and basically saying don't be as competitive as you are and, like, don't go out and play basketball in North Carolina and play five-on-five five when you're rehabbing. That's where it all – that was, like, the kernel that, you know, ended up fully blooming into this final season where everyone hated each other. Well, everyone hated Jerry Krause. But Jerry Krause, yeah, he started trust the process, but he was just like, he didn't realize that he had a completed process in front of him the entire time. Correct. Um, Okay, let's get to who's back of the week. Hank, why don't you start your who's back of the week? Sure. My who's back of the week uh, is us, the internet, and, you know, us as a collective trying to figure out a way to boo Roger Goodell on Thursday. Mm. Uh, it's something we've talked about, but I think, that, you know, it's Monday. The week is starting. You're trying to look ahead, and it's like we got to really figure it out and hone down on something, like, solid that we can do. Okay. Let's have a team meeting right now. How about that? Let's brainstorm. Get some synergy Hold on. Going. Hold on. Hold on. Let me check my schedule. All right. Yep. I'm in. Uh, let me hang on. Wait, it's 322. Let me send you guys a calendar invite for 323. <laughs> this is so, let me know when you get so bad. Do you know what's been the worst, by the way? Hank, you click maybe. Hank, click yes instead of maybe. Okay. As a side tangent, trying to get off the phone with friends and family at this point, like, yeah. how do you do it? Le- because Leroy you don't have anywhere off. to go. That's it. Leroy's barking yeah. right now. He's got to go outside. He's going to shit everywhere if I don't get off the Zoom call. It's it's just become an impossible like someone needs to create something, some kind of emergency alert that comes to your phone while you're on the phone with your friends and family to get you out. Because like I've gotten stuck in hour long conversations like what, what are we doing here? Well, here's how you what do are we it. doing here. You just never, ever use your professional account on Zoom to talk with friends and family. You always use the 10 minute trial that way. Mm. Oh, wait, we're running out of time. Got to go. Good seeing you. Yeah, that's a good call. All right, ten dollars to talk to you for five more minutes. Um, Goodell. Yes. Okay, what's our thoughts? We have uh, we've actually talked about this. Do we want to reveal what we've talked? Well, about? We, we've got a. Couple well, we talked ideas. about like doing some some of the Photoshop. Like some of the videos would be funny. Just like adding adding boo audio to other videos. But I'm trying to think of a way where we can really like I personally just want to be booing him. Okay, so there are three three schools of thought that I have in mind. Number one. You know how people like cheer out of their windows at seven o'clock every night and bang pots and pans. At 8.30 or whenever Roger Goodell gets on the stage, we all just go to our windows and we all just record ourselves booing out the windows. That's number one. Number but, two is – yeah, go ahead. In, in real time, real time uh, objection, it, that footage won't get out till till later. It would come after the fact. How can we do it in real time? I, okay. PFT, you want to go with two? Because the, the idea that you had, PFT, that I added on to I think is the solution. 
the your Zoom one, but then the Zoom that's that's number three. I think that okay, might okay. be the strongest one. Idea number two is one that Hank and I had discussed a little bit, which is uh, you know the videos that are going viral of um, like uh, apartment complexes in Brooklyn all singing along to Biggie Smalls to Juicy. Have you guys seen that? It's like a fake no. video where they just added in the track to Juicy and put like a big echo on it, made it sound like thousands of people were singing it. It sounded awesome. It fooled all the internet out there. Uh, so what we could very easily do is just take footage out the windows of different apartment complexes and add fake booze on and be like, oh, wow, bed in Brooklyn right now is really letting Roger Goodell have mm. it. And so we'd have that ready to go. Okay, so the while that's a good idea, I feel like Bleach Report's going to do that idea. So let's do three, and let's talk about three out loud and how we organize three, because that's the problem. Three is is okay. your you had the idea of PFT that we basically create a Zoom where we invite a bunch of people and have them boo. The problem is you can only invite a hundred people to a Zoom. Mm-hmm. So I was saying we should Zoomception it, and basically everyone. So we should we should pick a hundred people that we will personally invite to our Zoom, and those hundred people have to start their own Zooms where they have a hundred people, and then they videotape their Zoom of a hundred people booing into our Zoom. That's a okay. Now I'm that's confused. a million people. That's a million people. Now I'm confused because <laughs> they're <not>. videotaping <laughs> their own. Zoom. I think Big Cat's a little confused about no, the, no, I, I no, think, I know I exactly Cat, what I'm doing. I think, yes, I think, it, I think it makes sense. So it, it makes perfect be, sense. It would be a hundred boxes of a hundred. <laughs> yes, of a hundred boxes. So someone calls it. So we give every single person that we invite, give an invite to our Zoom. We say you have to start a Zoom, and and have a hundred people in it, and then you take your phone and you come into our Zoom and you have your phone on your computer. So our Zoom is a hundred boxes of a hundred, and each box is a hundred people. I get it, and everyone's okay. booing. Here's here's where I'm running into some trouble. Is, Blow your mind. Is we're gonna have to invite a hundred people, right? But yeah. it's gonna have to be a hundred people that we trust can also get a hundred people into their own Zoom. Well, it might not be a hundred. It, it might be like twenty. I don't know. They just have to start a Zoom and, and be like, get all your friends in it, so that we can then multiply the hundred. And if those people want, if we want to keep going down, I think we could actually get to the center of the internet eventually. Mm-hmm. Like if we just keep doing Zoom, if the of the hundred people in the hundred people get another hundred people, and then they get a hundred people, like we will okay. find, we will be at Bill Gates' doorstep by the end. This, of this is great, and what we should do is before this goes out, I'm going to buy a long position in Zoom. I'm going to buy some mm-hmm. stock in Zoom, knowing that we're about to. Do, is that insider trading? I don't no. think it is because we don't work for Zoom, and we said it out loud, and we said it out loud, so it's not insider. And everyone else is going to have access to this information too, just twelve hours later than us. So how are we going to do this? This is sounds like a job for guess who can do this? Guess who can put this together? Jake. No, no. Jake is too important to, to be doing something like this. One William football has to be in charge of this and it will be his, it will be up to him to be, have this be successful. And there's no way he's going to make this successful. Right. Doesn't, P- doesn't Billy respect intern, authority? And we have an email set up. It's not really Billy's, but we can use it for this uh, this cause. PMT intern at barcelsports.com. I guess that'll be the, the recruiting center. If you, like, you got to come forward and present evidence of how many people you can get on. List all your friends. So be like, I know. Yeah. yeah. Actually, know. what would be great is if, Kevin, if you're Steve. on like a college sports team. All his frat brothers. That listserv right there. 
Yes. Yeah, yes. That, would, that would actually be given preference right now. So if you're in a position where you have an email list that you can get people to sign up for, we'll, we'll think about recruiting you. Oh. Billy, I think though, my problem with Billy, though, is he respects authority a little bit too much. He's a New York kid. He's probably born and raised 10 miles from Roger Goodell. I feel like his family and, and Goodell's family might run in the same circles. His dad might be disappointed if Billy is out there like organizing mass protests. Yeah, but we but it's just we need to put him to work cuz if we're going to start paying him we have to put him to work and this is the only way to do it. So yeah. <laughs> otherwise he's going to keep adopting random stray animals. Somebody um, somebody put a gif of, 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 yeah. of Billy's face onto that lady when Trump got elected to just screamed up into the air no. Yes. Put Billy's yes. face on that cuz he's the leader of our protest. But you know he's going to be like when we tell him this he's going to be like all right got it guys and then he'll just ask a billion <laughs> questions right before <laughs> we're supposed to go live and none of it will work but we'll, here's we'll, the, we'll set him up with jake we, he that now jake yes. has like upgraded jake can can help him out jake will be the foreman of this project he'll project manage billy <laughs> and we will be the owners of the company all right here's the other thing though here's the very important thing that we forgot when you send your in, intern or when you send your application to hank where is it tmt intern at barstelsports.com you must state which NFL team you root for because we need representatives from all 32 teams to be booing football. So that's very important. Very important. And we should also do one just for the jets because the jets are the Kings of draft night booing. Mm -hmm. We should have a separate zoom for when the jets make their pick. Well, that one, no, it's just like a thousand different jets fans booing. We can, we can do idea two for the jets. Yeah, that would be good. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. All right. I think we got it set. So send your emails. If you want to be part of the greatest boo, the the greatest boo zoom of all time. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, are we the Guinness book? We're the, yeah, it's the infinity boom. No, I like that. Infinity boom. boom. Yeah. 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 I like the infinity zoo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and who knows what it is? A little, little disambiguation for the people. R.I.P. Harambe. Yeah. Um. All right, Hank. Was that it? Yeah. Okay. PFT. Okay. That that was a good one, Hank. My who's back yeah. of the week is leaked Wonderlick scores. Mm. So uh, on Friday, a bunch of Wonderlick scores came out, and not only were they leaked Wonderlick scores, which is probably the most fucked up part of draft season. I don't know why people still report on these, but they were also incorrect leaked wonderlick scores saw that which tells me it's smokescreen season for someone out there like someone wants the rest of the nfl to believe that tua is dumb because they gave Tua a 13 in the first wonderlick score it's not true at all that's not what he got he ended up getting i think like an 18 or a 19 which is not great but it's not bad and so there's somebody out there that's actively undermining tua not sure who he could be nick saban uh but for whatever reason I don't know. Maybe maybe the Dolphins are uh, are scared that the Redskins are going to take him number two overall or something like that, and so they're they're putting these uh, these fake scores out there. But it, it's funny because it goes back to um, like NFL GMs are are very fickle people. They don't want someone who's really dumb, but they also don't want someone who's smart enough to realize how dumb their coaches can be. So there's like this Goldilocks zone of how smart you want your quarterback. And I think it's anywhere between like a 15 and a 
35 in terms of your Wonderlick score. Can I ask you a question for the Redskins? Because you keep alluding to it. You keep throwing out, like, do I want to or do I not? It doesn't seem like the Redskins even are considering it. Are you, will you be, are you considering it at all? Yeah, well, I am off and on. It's, but again, like, I don't know what the Redskins actually I don't think. think they are. I don't know. Yeah. What, I don't know what they think because, like, this is a new regime. So I don't know what their moves are, like, how closely to the best they play things. But um, now I'm back on Chase Young because I saw a report on Friday that he is actually like LeBron. Like his parents didn't stop growing until they were like 28 years old. And so he's like 6'5 right now. There's a good chance that he could end up being like 6'8", 6'9". Every time they talk about him, he will get get an inch or two taller and like five pounds heavier every time an announcer mentions him. So like, I don't know, Calais Campbell is a pretty good uh, pass rusher and he's like 6'9". Six nine is like when uh, when you had had like Madden in ninety six for N sixty four, and you could basically you could make everyone like seven feet tall and four hundred fifty pounds and ninety nine ratings. Yeah, like just freaks of nature. I don't know six nine would be. I feel like there's definitely a point of uh, when you're a little too tall for being an edge rusher that probably probably starts hurting. I mean, you. too tall Jones wasn't he pretty good? Yeah, he was. He was pretty tall. Hall of Famer. How he was tall was some- he? Might say he Calais was six, Campbell is like six, six eight, yeah six, six eight. So like so he's probably six seven. You can be six because they always do that. Be a good pass rusher. I don't know. So I keep going back and forth. Tua just looks awesome throwing that football left handed without the stripes. On it looked way cooler than he did in college. So um, I go back and forth. I'd be happy with either one, but for me, it's mostly like if you get a quarterback, that's just fun. That's just something that you can look forward to all season mm-hmm. long. It's like mm-hmm. oh, we got a brand new toy. And then by year two or three, once it actually starts to shake out, it can get a lot worse or a lot better. But um, I'd be happy with either one. Right now, I'm officially back on Chase Young. Okay. Um, My who's back is uh, me because I'm going back on a diet, boys. It's officially diet season. We're back. And not only that, because I also – what are you shaking your fucking head at? The quarantine. I've gained like twenty pounds. Okay, good. so look it's good. time to get back. It's time to get back, and also I don't so know by if like, you noticed you you're, you're going to plateau and, and not gain any more weight. Can I, that would be great. Just put your yeah, put your uh, finger in the in the dike. Yeah, that's cool. not what? no. That's a wall. That's a wall. That's a wall. Shout out to you. That's a wall. Is that not a wall? It is. No, it's it's a dam. Is what it means. It means well, but it's a dam and, and, and stop the. That's the yeah. word for it. Is it not? So, so what? Yeah, it is. Okay. It is. What I think we should do, um, because I'm sick of like all these weight loss challenges mm-hmm. and weight gain challenges. I suggested this to our good friend Coley last week. Why don't we do a weigh in and just have a weigh exactly the same challenge, <laughs> like down to the exact ounce, and see if we can maintain our body weight through the rest of this quarantine, not gain or lose a single pound. I think that's almost harder. I would like to. I would like to do that, but I would like to first take off a few pounds because I don't your, know if you what saw. About your vest? Well, no, vest has been working. I've been using the vest, but I've been eating like a fucking asshole. See, so I, I'm going to. Your problem is that you've, you're not wearing you've it right cultivated now. too much muscle. Yeah, probably gaining too much muscle. And also, I don't know if you saw, but I took the, the offensive coordinator job at USC. So I'm going to be. When you're in LA, it's different. Like, you can't be fat. You can't be a fat piece of shit in LA. So I need to I need to lose weight. I'm going to do it. Is Coach I would Doug's like, married? Yeah, he's, he, but he never brings his family with him. 
Mm-hmm. He just leaves them every stop. They're still in Toledo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's smart. He probably just sleeps in the office anyways. <laughs> At the Applebee's. Um, the, the, uh, but I'm going to – I need everyone to shame me. So no, if, they, if they think I look fat, just be like, yo, dude, you look fat. I think you look better right now. Which is not different than anything <laughs> anyone ever does anyway. When you look really You're not going to lose any weight weird. if you can't – there's nothing you can do more than what you're already doing. Yeah. Not eat. When you look really skinny, you look like – That's not going to happen. like pin from Penn and Teller. And it's not a natural look. I I'm like, going to not eat. Big cat I'm going to not eat. On him. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat, bitches. Okay. You see this face? See this mouth? Just go all I just juice. gave PFT the key. Just I just I gave PFT it. the key. I'm going to start eating more. I'm going to put on a show. <laughs> we should, at some point, when things get back to normal, we should try to do a challenge where Big Cat and I meet at the same weight in the middle. I'm down for it. That would be legit. Hank, too. Yeah. Hank. We meet, yeah, we all – if we just become the – two, yeah, the 200 club. Yeah, I've tried to get to 200. I don't, know if, I don't know if I can make it up there. Dude, if I can get down to 200, you can get up to 200. Yeah, I can get I up. I would lose like 40 fair. pounds. I'd be so much better at the Peloton if I had 200 pounds of weight to push down on those things. I would be like a, I'd be like Christian Bale in The Machinist. I'd just be walking around. You guys would be carrying me around from podcast to podcast. But it'd be I'd worth be it like, for the I'd laughs. i like Christian Bale and Veep, and i just chug uh, melted ice cream to get up to Dick Cheney weight. Yeah, perfect. Um, all right, so let's do our interview with Daniel Jeremiah, uh, draft expert. We ask him all the draft questions. Pretty much a draft prep for everyone out there who might not be fully prepped. Uh, oh, wait. Before we do that, PFT, you got an ad? Oh, what do you got? I, I had one more who's back. I forgot to mention. This is a massive who's back for me. So as a connoisseur of high fashion, I enjoy going to Marshall's, and Marshall's is back big time right now. I don't know if you saw the news. But Neiman Marcus is going to file for bankruptcy. That means that that Marshalls and TJ Max is just going to get a shield of merchandise, like pristine merchandise, delivered to them to their doorstep. It's a bargain hunter's dream season right now. I'm, but you I'm can't very, go very out. Excited about going there. Once it opens back Got up, it. I'm just going to be the first. In line. I'm going to camp out like I'm waiting for concert tickets, HF Festival tickets back in 1999. I'm going to camp out outside the Marshalls just so I can get a pair of like Balenciagas for less than a thousand bucks. It's going to be sweet. Nice, nice. Um, all right, let's do Daniel Jeremiah. PFT, you got an ad real quick. Yeah, before we get to DJ, I want to talk to you guys about one of my favorite companies in the entire world. It's Shady Rays. You guys have heard us talk about our friends at Shady Rays all year long, and thousands of you have, t- have taken us up on their amazing deal. And you guys are rocking Shady Rays just like we are. I'm wearing mine right now. I love my Shady Rays, and we got with the team over there to find out what are the most popular styles amongst all PMT fans. So for those of you who haven't tried out Shady Rays yet, but you have the itch to do so, we have those pairs in hand right now. So the top-selling pairs of Shady Rays in 2020, specifically by listeners of part of my take, you've got the classic black timber polarized shades. Those are the number one seller for all listeners of the show. It's a dual wood frame. I'm wearing them right now with black wood texture on the side. It looks really smart. Actually feels like real wood. Then you've got the smooth black matte interior, which makes these really comfortable to wear all day. They also have dark black polarized lenses. People can't see your eyes. Definitely a badass look. I love these things. They're perfect. These are my go-to glasses. They're lightweight, too. Uh, they also have the Blackout Incognito. You guys bought a ton of those. It's a sleek, matte black look. The logo is black on black. It's got dark black polarized lenses. They're awesome. Trust us. You can't go wrong with Shady Rays, and thousands of you have already tried them already. But if you don't or if you just want more, there's no shame in that. Summer's coming up. 
You can use promo code PMT50 for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. You can buy the Black Timbers, get the Blackouts free, buy the Blackouts, get the other ones for free. You guys know the deal. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com. Again, summer's coming up. You don't want to be stuck trying to pretend that you're tougher than the sun. Really, dude? The fucking sun? Go get some Shady Rays. Okay, we now welcome on uh, Daniel Jeremiah. He is an analyst for the NFL Network, writer for NFL.com. He was a scout for the Ravens, the Browns, the Eagles. He knows everything about football. He's got mock drafts. I think you're on 3.0 right now. Um, thank you for joining us, and let's get right into it. I want to know the thing that I think everyone's buzzing about. What has happened in the draft circles that has now had Justin Herbert jump Tua in all the mock drafts? Is this smoke, or is this actually something that you think is going to happen, or is it agent talk? Well, I don't know. It's hard to tell between what's smoke and what's real, but I just know and talking to folks around the league that, that are dialed in with the Dolphins, they say they love Burrow as the top guy. Um, and then after Burrow, there's a split. So I did a, the, the one where I switched it up was a couple weeks ago. And I said, okay, if it's split in the room uh, with Herbert and Tua, Herbert's healthy. So maybe that would give the tie to him. I don't think it's close. Like I have Tua as a much better player than Herbert. Um, but when you start hearing those things that it's kind of up in the air, I'm like, okay, well maybe the health thing. And then all of a sudden, like it's coming from, everywhere now and it's like it's you know that's what makes me nervous I'm like well maybe this is all it's too much like it's too much information about the Herbert stuff so when you do your mock draft let, let me back up real quick because I think that people sometimes get confused when we get into the mock draft season you're a, a lot of times predicting or no you are predicting what yeah. you think's going to happen not what you would do if you were drafting for these teams 100% I, I always explain it like I do my top 50 list how I rank the players with my eyes I do the mock draft with my ears. So that's why I'm like cracking up. Like people get all upset about mock drafts and they're like, dude, you don't know. I'm like, dude, I heard this from somebody in the league. Like you're not going to hurt my feelings if you don't like my mock draft. I mean, it's just what people are telling me uh, around the league. I wouldn't necessarily do that, but that's what I think is going to happen. Okay. Um, So as far as the top of the board, I'm looking, I'm reading your mock draft right now. You have Joe Burrow going number one. You've got Chase Mm -hmm. Young going second. Is there any chance at all? that the Redskins opt to go with Tua at number two? Or are they dead set on Chase Young? I don't think so. I think the more likely thing would be they take Chase Young would be number one. Number two would be they get it, which I'd, I wouldn't advise either. Like if you get a chance to get a premier edge rusher, just take him. Don't don't trade out of that pick. Have a dominant defensive line. You saw what the Niners did last year. Like that's the blueprint if you're the Redskins. Just follow it. Uh, don't screw it up. But, I mean, I you know, I, I think there's a good chance Kyle Allen ends up beating out uh, Haskins. But I don't think they're going to take two. I think if he was totally healthy, no concerns, I would be standing on the, the soapbox saying, just take him. Like, he's much better than Dwayne Haskins. He's much better than Kyle Allen. Just take Tua. But I think the injury kind of muddies that up a little bit. And when you've got a sure thing like Chase Young just sitting there, uh, just take him. But I, I, I do want to tell you guys, speaking of Burrow real quick, I went and visited with him up in uh, up at J. Sarah High School in Orange County to watch him work out and throw. And you'll be happy to, to know that he was he was rocking your gear uh, nice. during the workout. So nice. he's representing. Wh- wh- which shirt was he wearing? Was he wearing the uh, Coach O one, or was he wearing Joe Exotic? Uh, it was a it was a long sleeve. I think it was just the part of my take. Uh, nice. Gray, like a long gray sleeve tee. 
So that's yeah, good, that's good to know that none of the uh, you know scouts around the league have knocked him down at all for doing the post game uh, national championship interview with us drunk when we all were drunk. So that's good to know. America was drunk. Yeah, overall. America was drunk. So, so yeah, it's good. It's international waters. I, I want to jump back real quick to what you just said about doing the top fifty with your eyes and doing yeah. the mock draft with your ears. What? was the time and i'm sure you can think of like the one time where your ears were deceived where someone you know the hype the things you were hearing were all smoke and you looked not stupid because everyone's doing mock drafts it's hard to predict but the one time where it was totally different and it was almost like everyone kind of bamboozled the entire industry of mock draft experts yeah sure i can tell you a couple like there's a bunch of them that's jump out to me they're usually quarterback related like I knew I had buddies on the the staff with the Chicago Bears, um, and I had you know never mind. Actually, no, no, go on, cancel go on. this question. No, 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 no. Turn big cat's microphone off. Go ahead, go ahead. I regret this question. So I had talked to him on the staff, and I'm like, hey, um, there's another person in the league that told me like the Bears are going to take Trubisky, and I'm like, I'm telling you, like, just tell me, like, if you don't know, just tell me you don't know, but like just just let me know one way or the other here and he's like dude i'm telling you go to the bank we are not taking mitchell trubisky that's not we're not taking him like it's not happening zero chance and then they take him and i like i'm on the draft coverage live like during a commercial i text him I'm like dude the world he's like no idea like we literally had no idea there were so, so few people that knew that was going down so your source was john fox because john fox didn't <laughs> even know and he was the head coach at the time I think that, yeah, I think a lot of that stuff came out after the fact, but I mean, that, that's what's crazy. Like no, nobody knew. And then uh, uh, Caldwell, the year when they took Bortles, uh, he's their GM is a buddy of mine. So I'm talking with Dave and uh, I'm like, Hey, let me, uh, let me go through the players you might pick. I've done it with him every year. And so I'll get like eight players. So tell me if you take this guy, when I'm on TV, I can explain why you took him. So I, over eight guys, I don't know who you're going to take, but I, whoever you pick, I can, you know, explain it so I get through a bunch of the list and nobody had them taking Bortles Bortles is going to be like in the 20s that's kind of what we all expected and then uh I get to ask about Bortles after I've asked about eight guys and he's like hey oh oh I got another call dude I gotta go and he hung up on me he would and, he, and I didn't think anything of it like I'm, I was so dumb like he didn't want to talk about the kid and then of course they take him uh with the third pick so I called him the next day I'm like, you didn't have anybody on the other line, did you? He's like, nah, I just, I didn't want to, <laughs> I, I didn't trust my poker voice. So he, he bailed. Okay. So no between Mitch season. and Bortles, this was the worst question in part of my take history. Cause that sucks. <laughs> Both of those things suck. Those are our guy. Bortles is our guy. Well, but that's yeah. funny. I can give you one more though. I give okay. you one more. This will be a happy ending. Oh, Shane McClellan. Yeah. Shane McClellan. Tell me about that. <laughs> no. Shane McClellan was underrated at Boise. Okay. This wasn't used for now. I'm not going to mention that. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. So I'll call my buddy who's the director of player personnel with the Ravens. who I worked with back in the day and he's got his son with him. He's going to little league, uh, practice. So he's calling me. It's like the week of the draft. I'm like, what's going on? You doing well? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, what's going on? We're just taking my son to, to practice. So I start asking him about players and he's vague and everything. So I ask his son in the back seat. I go, Hey, what's going on? He's like, Oh, hi, Mr. Jeremiah. How's it going? I go, who's your favorite player in the draft? He goes, Lamar Jackson. And I'm like, frick, I should have known, man. He already let his son know that, like, mm-hmm. this is going to be a raven. I should have seen the signs, and I didn't I didn't pick up on it. That's yeah, you smart. should just start interviewing general managers' kids, yeah. kids and, yeah. and they that's, won't be able to keep their mouths shut. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, what that's, we're going to do. That's the plan. Uh, yes. I want to get to uh, one of my favorite parts of draft season 
it's also anonymous scout season. So I love the anonymous scouts. I love all these reports. I love it when, uh, what's his name? Nolan Naraki would lead off the profiles by saying whether or not a player's parents were divorced or still married. Uh, I love all these rumors and scuttlebutt. Uh, the, the leak that came out today was from an anonymous scout. And he says that he has concerns about Mecky Becton because, uh, he loves to cook and eat more than he loves frigging football. Hmm. First of all, is that an issue for an offensive lineman to love to cook and eat? Well, I think we need to get more information on what he's cooking and what he's eating. I mean, I think that that goes without saying. I mean, he's uh, – I don't know. I think it's so stupid. He's, he's a great player. He, he was heavy when he was early on, early on in his career at Louisville. He lost a bunch of weight. He's been training like crazy down in Dallas. Um, I, I think it's silly. I, I, you've got to put in your report that the things that people tell you. But even if I was told that at a school that he loves to cook, I, I don't mm-hmm. know that in eight years of scouting I ever wrote in somebody's background that they love to cook. Okay. Uh, no relevance for me. Good to know. Now, my theory on this one is actually that it came from the Raiders and then it came from Mike Mayock. This seems like a, a Mike Mayock thing to leak to somebody because they want to be able to draft him. And so he's that's in Mike Mayock's mind. That's him like slandering the player and having him drop a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to work. I just want to say that for the record. I don't think that he's going to be on the board with the Raiders. I just know if uh, if you could see all the reports from all the players in, in this draft that like loves to cook would be rather low on the list of things that might concern you. Uh, you know, I, I would love to say the worst thing about myself is that I love to cook. Yeah, um, I, that's you know, I'd be okay with that. Um, all right, this might be a difficult question to answer, but I want you to scout the scouts, and you were a scout yep. when you were a scout, and after that, so now you're obviously on the other side. Like, do you think that NFL scouting, they do a good job? What is their weakness? Because we all play armchair, you know, Monday morning quarterback, where we look back and we say, how could you do that? Do you think that in general, these guys are doing a good job? Or are there weaknesses that you see glaring year in and year out where they're they're just not doing X, Y, or Z? Well, I would say they they have less influence in the draft process than people realize, and that's really changed a lot. So they're not as involved. And one of the reasons why there are anonymous scouts that go and talk to reporters is because a lot of them are frustrated because nobody's listening to them in their building. So I've done all this work. I've traveled. I've been away from home. I want to tell somebody about these guys. So they go to the media and and talk to them. So, you know, it's a hard job to figure these guys out, no question. But I think some people kind of think it's the scouts. And a lot of times this is this decision is getting made by the head coach, the general manager, and maybe the director of player personnel. And the scouts, we, we call a lot of them are information gatherers. Just go out there. You're like glorified private detectives. Um, go out there and get as much information on these players as you can and let us sort out whether or not they can play or not. Mm-hmm. It didn't be like that. And like when I started in 2003, like we, you know, scouting was, you were in the draft room on draft day. You were a big part of the process of ranking the players. And it's not like that very much anymore. Did you have to do any assignments? Like I remember when uh, when Justin Blackman was coming out, they had somebody go to Stillwater and hang out in a bar for the entire week and like make little tallies on their arms of how many times Justin showed up. Did you ever get asked to do anything weird like surveil a player, like stake him out or something? There was a uh, there was a player coming out. It was a corner, I believe, that had been in a fight at an In and Out Burger out here, about like an hour and a half from my house. He went to high school like an hour and a half away. And so they had to get to the bottom of what happened in this fight at in and out Burger. Uh, so I had to go to talk to his high school coach they, by himself, talk to him, get his version. He has two brothers. They wanted me to meet with both brothers, but not at the same time because they want to see if all the stories lined up. 
So I'm driving all over LA to find out about some fight that happened at In-N-Out Burger. It was like the most harmless thing. Like it was no big deal at all. And that was like my moment where I, I had had some opportunities in the media and I was like, oh man, I think I'm good. I think the scouting thing, I, I think I'm good on chasing down all this information. Like let's, uh, let, let's look and see what's out there in the TV world. So knowing that what you just said, which is very interesting, that scouts don't really get heard as much as they used to, are there specific teams that still do use a lot, like they lean on their scouts more than the rest of the NFL? Like which teams really have, uh, you know, like the flow of ideas really happen here and the GM is listening to everyone and not just making their decision and saying everyone else fall in line? Yeah, I, th- I think there's uh, there's still some teams like that. You know, I, Joe Douglas is a good buddy of mine, so we grew up together with the Ravens, and I know that's the way he grew up in it. So I know with the Jets that he's built his staff to try and be able to do the same thing there. Um, the Eagles uh, have really good staff. I know they they uh, they do some more of that. But I'm telling you, it's uh, you could probably count on one hand the teams that really really rely and have uh, uh, have a lot of from their scouting. It's just different, man. Uh, I'm I'm looking at the log jam of wide receivers here, and C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy. I don't know which one's going to go first. Who's going to go second? Um, but you have C.D. Lamb going to the Jets, and then Judy going to the Raiders. Is there any chance? that the Ouija board that they use to communicate with with Al Davis pops up and it says you have to draft Henry Ruggs because he ran like a 4-2. Or are they going to stick with one of those two top guys that you said? I think there's a chance that Ruggs could be the first receiver to go. Uh, I know I've talked to some teams that have him as a top receiver. So it just kind of depends on what you're looking for, what you have. We talk about like, you know, receiving cords like a basketball team. You want different sizes, you know, power forwards, point guards, um, and if you have a bunch of those bigger guys, you really need speed. Eagles are a great example. Um, Rugs to me makes the most sense for them. They need speed. They don't have any speed. So that to me would put him above some of these other guys. Uh, but the Raiders, I don't know. I mean, it would be tempting. I'm hoping this goes to the Niners because I want to see him with Shanahan and his creativity to see what he could do with him. That's where yeah. that's where the perfect landing spot would be. So speaking of wide receivers, everyone knows like the story of this draft is that it is the the probably the deepest draft in terms of wide receivers. How do you think teams are going to approach this on draft night? Are they going to one say, "All right, this is a deep draft, but we once the run of receivers start, we got to get ourselves in there." Or are you going to yeah. see teams really wait back and be like, "We can get a first-round talent in the late second round when it comes to the receiver position." I think it's going to be fascinating to watch because there's like you know, five or six guys that are worth first round picks, but because the sheer number of them, I think there are some teams that are going to wait and say, you know, I, I love this guy, but I can wait and get a similar tire in the, uh, you know, the third round this year. So I, I think you'll see some teams approach it that way, but the top guys, like the top three or four, I mean, they're all the way up there for a reason. And if you're the Raiders who don't legit number one receiver, the Jets don't have a legit number one receiver, I know Denver really wants to pair somebody up with Cortland Sutton. Um, so I think there, some of these teams are a little more motivated than others. So speaking of the Jets, and you mentioned Joe Douglas, who's a friend of yours, uh, can you walk us through how you planted that story that you were being looked at for a front office job? Because that was – listen, you're smart. Like, if you're in the uh, TV side – Every five or six years, you need to get a story that you're thinking about going back to the scouting world to kind of keep you relevant. And then, of course, eventually you have to do like the John Gruden or the Mike Mayock and be like, all right, let's do it. We're going to jump it. I would imagine that's going to happen like in 10 years. But how did you plant that story? That was masterful. Hold on one second. I got to write this all down real quick here. Figure out how I can do this here. So it's, it's, I should have, I should have then renegotiated my contract. 
Yeah, your timing was that. off. That would have been the one. play. Yes. Okay. Yes. Let me write that down real that quick. Was, you do that in a contract year, and then you say, I'm going to okay. go to the NFL. They're going to pay me $4 million a year to be a general manager. But if you give me half that, I'll right. stay. So do yeah. you? T- but seriously, do you talk to owners to get your name out there, or do you do the scouts? Like, where? What's the approach there? I I, I have uh, zero contact with owners, unfortunately. If I could develop more relationship with owners, I think that would be a good thing for a variety of reasons. Yes. Um, but but I I am thinking now I've set the timer. So this Jets thing I think was last year. Yep. So what do you think? Like every two years we get this? No going? no 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 no. Two years means two years is thirsty. That's desperate. It's more like every okay. four or five years. Just okay. get your name in there for an opening job. You don't have to take it, but at least has people be like okay. his his analysis is so good that a team wants to hire him. Yeah, and it should be with a major market, too. Like, you don't want to just throw yeah. out that, you know, Tampa Bay is interested in you or whatever. You want it to okay, be like an L.A. team, a New York team, maybe even the Cowboys, maybe have Jerry Jones being like he wants somebody else that's not his son to boss around. Mm-hmm. So the thing about bringing you in, they've got the purse strings, they can do it. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely an art to this. I'm just trying to think if we use like Schefter did that one. Right. So you don't want to go back to the same guy because that could, that could get, that could get kind of dicey. My so dog could do it. Rotate it. Yeah. yeah. We'll rotate or it. We could, we could leak it out there. Tell you what, I'm actually an owner of the green Bay Packers. So you could say Packers ownership has had conversations oh, yes. Yes. with Daniel yes. Jeremiah about bringing him in as the front office. So yeah. um, you can actually report that legitimately now. So I'm going to pencil you guys in for the four years from now. Done. Okay. And then and then I've got to start working. It's like the Olympics. I can just kind of treat this as the Olympics. Every four years, well, not this year, but most years you have the Olympics every four years. Right. And then I can just coincide that with the leak. And I'm yes. good. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. That's how you time so, it out. So PFT just mentioned the Packers. Your mock draft uh, has the Packers taking a quarterback in round one. So Matt LaFleur does hate Aaron Rodgers that much. <laughs> Well, I just think it makes sense for them. That's what they've done. They've had a guy for like 15 years, and then they draft the guy, let him sit for a couple years, and he goes on for another 15 years. And I I just think of like that situation, how jealous you would be if you were, you know, a team like the Redskins who've been trying to find their quarterback for like 20 years. And now, you know, you get teams like the Packers that just have the same guy for like 15 years, hand it off to the next guy for 15 years, hand it off to the next guy for 15 years. It's actually been longer than it's, 20. It's been, I think, 30 years I mean, for the it, Redskins listen, now. Yeah. I, don't want, I don't want to compliment the Packers, but it is true that like the, the worst time to look for a quarterback is when you need one. So do sure. you actually think that Jordan Love is worth a first-round pick? Do you have him up there with – Tua, Burrow, Herbert, like t- maybe maybe break down those four guys and and sure. who you think is going to have long term success. Yeah, I have a couple tiers. So to me, it's Burrow and Tua in that top tier together. Then there's a then there's a pretty significant drop off, and you get to Herbert and Love. Uh, and for a while, I had Love over Herbert. Love's the most talented guy. He's got the most ability anybody like if you just want to watch somebody throw a football he's the most talented guy period um but decision making is is a major issue uh field vision is a little bit of an issue with him he needs time um just gonna need some time to develop that's why like if you're gonna script it it's go to green bay sit behind rogers go to new orleans sit behind drew Brees. like those are good you know offensive coaches and and you're gonna have time to develop there um so that's why it makes some sense for him but i have those other two guys i think burrow is my second player two is like my sixth player and then I have uh, 
uh, I think uh, Herbert's like 20 and Love's like 22. So that's like kind of the range of where those guys are. What would shock you for how low like Love could go? Could he get into the mid-second round, or is it he's going to be scooped up in the first round because everyone knows getting that extra year on a quarterback is very important as the Lamar Jackson thing shows? Yeah, I think Indy has two second-round picks. So Phillips, uh, 38 years old. I mean, that to me would be awfully tempting for them to just – trade right back into the bottom of the first round. You get Jordan Love. You don't have to play him, uh, but you've got tremendous upside. So, you know, Ballard coming from Kansas City, you know, he saw the blueprint there of drafting a talented player and letting him sit, and then uh, and then off you go. So that, that would be the team I would I would peg for him, and I don't think he would go beyond where they pick in the second round. Okay. So is there a chance that once, uh, let's just say, Tua, Burrow, Herbert go off the board uh, pretty high, is there a chance that we see – a run where teams start reaching on quarterbacks and they panic like we saw. I forget what draft was that. That was like the Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, yeah, maybe Gabbert. Mm-hmm. Christian Ponder, yeah. yep. where people just yep. ponder and they throw out their, their big board altogether and they're like, we need a quarterback if we want to win. If those guys go off the board early, are we going to see maybe a, t- a team in the teens or early 20s that reaches for love? I don't think so, just because I think those teams all have guys they can line up and play with. Um not like they're in you know dire straits we don't have anybody um they i think i froze there for a second but they they have uh you know the raiders would be the team i would keep an eye on but i you know they got out went out and got mariota they already have a uh, car uh, i i don't really see that happening so i think Nathan we'll Peterman. see three of these guys go and then i think we're going to see love drop a little bit okay. okay the other thing that jumped out to me about your your mock and I, i've read a, a few different mock drafts here almost every single one that i'm looking at has zero running backs going in the first round you don't think that there's going to be a general manager out there that looks at what the Titans did last year and they think to themselves, you know what, we can zig while everybody else zags, draft a really talented running back, and then just run them into the ground for four years and try to win that way with a strong running game and a good defense? Or are you pretty confident that we're going to have to wait until at least the second round for you know whether it's Jonathan Taylor or, or Swift to come off the board. Yeah, I think Swift's one of the twenty best players in the draft. So I, I think there's value there. I think the whole conversation is whether you re-sign these guys, not whether you draft them. And if you can get five or six years of elite production, um, I think it's worth a first round pick personally. But just talking to people around the league, a bunch of people are saying, look, this is a pretty deep running back class, similar to the wide receiver uh, conversation that we had, and that. You know, I like DeAndre Swift a lot, but I can wait and get somebody in the second or third round. I'll get a Cam Akers from Florida State, and I can go get one of the premier positions in the first round. So I think there's a good chance we don't see one, but I do think that I think Swift is absolutely worth the first round pick. The team that I the team that I say don't sleep on, and everybody kind of laughs about it, is Baltimore because they are they run the ball more than anybody. You, I know what you have in Ingram. They've got some other good backs, but this kid is really good. And as much as they run it and what he can do, I would love to see him and Lamar Jackson for the next few years. Yeah. So I think one of the big draft stories that also is going to happen on draft night is is will the Patriots try to get a quarterback to replace Tom Brady? I know they, they like Stidham right now, but do you see that happening at all where they try to trade up? Um, I know that's very anti what Bill Belichick has done. Yeah. But have you heard any buzz about uh, a guy they might like? No, I've heard they like Herbert, but I haven't heard any talk about them really being aggressive to trade up for him. And and talking to buddies around the league, they've said Stidham is well thought of in that building. I think he's more highly thought of in the building than maybe some people realize. They want to give him a chance. You've got Hoyer kind of as your insurance. You know, if it doesn't go well with Stidham, he gets you through the year, and then you could address it next year. But I think they'll, I think they'll give Stidham an opportunity this year. I don't think they're going to do it in the first round. 
I wouldn't be shocked if they took somebody like in the fifth round or something like that, just to bring somebody new into the building. But it doesn't seem like Belichick to trade a bunch of assets to go up and get somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. If we're um, if we're looking at next year's draft class, a little bit ahead of schedule, and obviously Trevor Lawrence, that's a big name that's out there. How would Trevor Lawrence stack up right now if you were to put him up against Joe Burrow in the same draft? Yeah, I mean, I haven't done a full workup on him, like the full study, but he's he's a freak, man. As as big and athletic as he is, and uh, he's kind of that like traditional quarterback. What you want with all that ability, plus all the athleticism that he brings with what teams are wanting to do with this new school group. So, um, I think he's got more upside, more potential than Joe does. You know, Joe's a little more polished at this time. He's older. He's uh, he ready to go right now but I think next year hopefully we have a season but next year we'll be talking about uh about Lawrence is, is possibly one of the best we've seen the last handful of years he's really talented yeah because that's what we we're talking about is like there's a possibility that the Patriots go with Stidham a combination of him and Hoyer they end up playing really poorly this year find themselves in a position where they could potentially move up to number one overall to draft Trevor Lawrence and then we're fucked for the next 12 years of the Patriots being great again. So that's, that's a scenario <laughs> that we're trying to avoid. Uh, I've got a question about the draft value chart. Our team's still using the same yeah. points chart that Jimmy Johnson, you know, he created one summer in Key West when he had like seven daiquiris and he just sat down and wrote a bunch of numbers and how they corresponded. Is that still what everybody's is looking at the Bible for? Yeah. So I got it right here, man. This is this, this is the same one the Jimmy Johnson chart. So I, like I was talking with the GM the other day and we were talking about a potential trade, uh, you know, them moving back in the draft and just, everybody just kind of keeps this thing on your desk. Like, okay, you want to go from here to there. Okay. That's 700 points. Okay. They need to give you their three. They need to give you this. Um, so most teams still operate off that same, that same Key West chart. I didn't know the backstory there though. That's, I just made uh, it up, but I mean, it, I like it. it it's I'm probably what happened with it. Yeah, yeah, in between uh, extends commercials, he just jotted down a bunch of numbers. It's so it's so weird to me that people have just agreed that that's the accepted value. Do teams are there teams out there that come up with their own charts and assign their own value to draft picks? Well, you, there's premiums you have to pay too. So it's like I know what the chart says, but like if I'm going to trade off an opportunity to get Chase Young, you've got to give me more than what the chart says you're supposed to give me. And that's where like the Bengals, I'm sure they've been offered. You know, if the Dolphins really wanted Burrow, I'm sure they could offer them well above what the chart says, and I still don't think the Bengals would do it. But it is still kind of like the, the basic framework of uh, of the discussion. That's you know, it's kind of weird, but that's just what they use. So I got a question about the Bears. Uh, I so I think this actually kind of correlates to your career in when you were with the Browns, 2007, 2008. Phil Savage is the GM. He he knows that he's probably at the end of his road there, which ends up being the the case. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys don't have a ton of draft capital. What was the strategy going to that, and how does that relate to, I see, the Bears not having a first-round pick? Ryan Pace knows this is an important draft. Is there a sense of urgency where you then start ranking guys like, who can help me write this second versus who can be maybe a project that's a year or two out? Yeah, because, you know, in that year they had traded, Phil had traded for Sean Rogers and Corey Williams, like all, all these picks for players. Um, that was the only draft I was there for was that one. We had picked till the fourth round. And so you're like, okay, we need an inside linebacker and, you know, to, you know, to start for us. So you're locked in on this group of players and you get kind of picked clean. You end up reaching for a player who, uh, I say we reached for him NFL wise, phenomenal arena career for Bo Bell, but probably shouldn't have picked him in the fourth. 
there in Cleveland. But that's what you do. You start getting real need conscious at that point in time, and I think you can make some mistakes. Yeah, so do you think that uh, the Bears, like just hearing around the league, do you think that Ryan Pace feels the pressure? Do you think that this is a draft that he needs to knock out of the park uh, knowing that the Trubisky pick didn't go well? And if the Bears kind of falter here again, it could be head starting to roll at Hallis Hall. He needs the quarterback position to produce this year. So whether that's Trubisky to justify that pick or whether that's Nick Foles to justify what you paid to get him, you you have to have better production. Hopefully, you know, I, there's got to be an acceptable level of wins. But I think even if they weren't, you know, making a deep playoff run, if they solved the quarterback position with one of those two guys, I think it helps them, you know, going forward to, to make their case to stick around. If they don't win a bunch of games and they don't play better at the quarterback position, uh, that's it. So they've got to get that figured out. Yeah. Can you give us a player like, uh, you know, back in the day, Mel Kuyper said that he would he would walk away. He would retire from his gig as draft analyst if Jimmy Clausen did not become a starter in the NFL. Can you give us a player that you will stake your entire reputation on? Whew. Uh, no, but I'll, I'll make I'll, I'll give you one that I would uh, uh, I would take a pay cut for. Can I do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll take that big career. time. Well, mm-hmm. the pay okay. cut will go to us. Yes. You're not going to like take okay. less money. You're just going to pay us okay. if you get it wrong. That's fine. I just asked for a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> I'll go uh, put my paycheck on. Uh, let's go. You know, look, if it's really going to be my paycheck, I would say Chase Young. Um, but I can go I can go outside the top group there and give you another guy who yeah. I think is going to be really good. Yeah, uh, let's do that. Let me see here. You know what? I think uh, I'll say the linebacker, Kenneth Murray from, from Oklahoma, is okay. just going to be a really, really good player. His, like – his wiring and, and intelligence, competitiveness, all that stuff's like off the charts. So when you get an athletic freak like that, who's, you know, a leader and, and really smart and instinctive, all that stuff, like he's just got too many things lined up for him, for him not to be successful. So I'm not going to specify how much of a cut we're talking about here, but it's a cut. Um, yeah, yeah, it's enough. It puts a pic- I, I, it'll put a new picture on the wall behind you. I think that's I can promise you that. There like we go. It. Okay, um, can you go rapid fire real quick on uh, just each position? Just say strong or weak because we know the wide receivers are okay. strong. Uh, so just go throughout the entire uh, you know roster of strong or weak in this draft, so that if people were looking for like a crib sheet of what yeah. what to expect, they can go off of this. Cool. Um, I'll go quarterback is, uh, I'll go strong. I, I feel like you've got the guys up there at the top running back, very strong receiver, extremely strong tight end weak, uh, tackle strong interior offensive line weak, uh, defensive tackle strong edge rusher weak linebacker. I thought was weak, but is actually strong cornerback, strong safety, strong ish. Okay. So it's somewhere in the middle. That's actually very helpful because, I mean, I think the even like what comes out I'm noting there is like the defensive edge rushers. Everyone's obviously looking for those guys, and this isn't going to be that draft. Uh, that's why you're going to see some of these guys get elevated. Like I like Caleb Von Chason from LSU. He's like my 25th player. He could be a top you know, 15 pick because teams are just desperate to try and find some edge rush, and it's going to push those guys up. Nice. What about Edwards Alaire from LSU? Just watching him as a fan for the last year, uh, especially I think the Texas game, I saw some stuff mm-hmm. out of him that I, I thought he would be a no-doubter first-round pick. I think he's going to be a great NFL running back. Um, is there any chance that he might be the first guy off the board at the running back position? I think there's a chance. I, he's my second running back. I love him. And some people freaked out that he ran four six flat. I'm like, 
It's the exact same time that Josh Jacobs ran last year. And look what he did in the league is he jumped like 39 and a half inches. So he's explosive. He just didn't, you know, he didn't uh, run a fast 40, but he catches ball extremely well. He's the best pass catcher in the draft as a running back. To me, like if I was going to hand pick for a team, Tampa Bay in the second round to put that dude with Tom Brady, um, Tom Brady's always had that type of back. And now you get a chance to get this kid there. That would be the, the perfect spot for him. Here's a little spin zone you can use. Uh, when, when you want to elevate a running back that is maybe not that fast in the 40 time, you can say sometimes at the running back position, it's more about how quickly you can stop than how quickly you Ooh. can run. Mm. And he's got great breaks there on him. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's, and he's like 5'7". He's a little dude, but he's great. strong. I, yes. I don't remember a running back ever going into Tuscaloosa and doing what he did to Alabama's defense. Like, as great as Joe was in that game, Edwards Alaire put on a show. Yep. How nervous are teams having to deal with, like, the uh, practicality of doing this on Zoom, doing it remotely? Like, do you think the teams are going to have a good handle on this, or do, are we going to get some hilarious fuck-ups on draft night? <laughs> The, I look. I'm 42, so like all my buddies that I talk to at that level are all kind of similar age. So I don't think that the computer scares them quite as much. Um, I, I think they're they're fine, and I don't think what people realize on the first round, like they're you know the concern is with the trades. Well, on the first round before the draft, you're you've called every team and said, okay, if I'm if I'm the Cowboys at 17, I've called every team that picks in front of me, and we've had the conversation of, hey, if you wanted to trade out and we wanted to trade up, what would that look like? And you kind of lay the groundwork of what that compensation would be for every team. Now, the likelihood that they want to move out and you want to move up, that's not likely. But if that does happen, you don't pick up the phone and say, okay, here's what we're going to offer you. We pick up the phone and say, okay, do you want to do it? Like we've kind of already talked about this stuff. Do you want to do it? Yes or no. Um, so that eliminates some of the time you need to, to get that processed. That makes sense. Um, outside of Tua, is there a player whose injury history is going to make things like a real crapshoot, make him a real risky pick, considering that teams can't go in and have their own doctors evaluate them? Yeah, there's there's a bunch of guys. Um, you know, I, I hate I don't want to say a bunch of them, but like a guy like uh, you know Terrell Lewis from Alabama has uh, has had some injuries in his past. He's he's really talented. Um, but I think teams would have liked to have the opportunity to do a little bit more with him medically than they got a chance to. So and I don't think it's going to go on draft or anything like that, but it can penalize you a little bit and cost you with some teams. Um, some teams are conservative this year because they haven't got as much medical and other teams like, man, this is a great opportunity. I hope these other teams fail these kids. They're going to fall right to us and we're going to get them. So uh, teams looking at it both ways. Yeah. All right. My last question. It's the most important question we have. Uh, does hand size matter? Ooh, I would say there's an acceptable level, and it's I, I put it maybe a little bit lower. I mean, it's right at not you know the words. It's nine. You get to nine. You're nine. Yeah. You're golden. Yeah, okay. you're under nine. You're under nine. It's it's a concern, but um, you know, I, it's people laugh at that all the time, but it is what it is. You, you'd much rather have them have big hands, but as long as they're yeah. nine, I'm I'm good. That's that's exactly what we say all the time. It's it's crazy because it, like most things on on the internet, the pendulum swings so far one way or the other where it's swung to the point where it's like people mock hand size but at the end of the day i would imagine you'd rather have a guy with 10 inch mitts than a guy with eight and three fourths or whatever it may be no no doubt i mean it's just what your preference would be especially when you're talking cold weather and fumbles and all that kind of stuff but it, you know if a guy has i've seen guys with you know nine inch hands they don't have never had any fumbling issues um they can control the football they throw a tight ball like 
if you know there's other guys you watch him like gosh like i watch him throw it looks like he's throwing a medicine ball like his hands look small the, he's dropping the ball and then all of a sudden you get the hand measurement and it's eight and seven eighths and you're like well yeah that's that's a legit problem we could see it when we watch it on tape right mm-hmm. right um who are your top five long snappers i know you've done a lot of research on that <laughs> uh i you know what I like to keep that close. We're trying to get big broadcast numbers. It's a joint affair with NFL Network and ESPN this year. And for me to release my long snapper True. ratings ahead of the something. draft is just that's not in the in the best order there. You gotta yeah. save yeah, you gotta save like that's a tease. That's what we call the business. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm looking exactly. forward to tuning into that. How's that gonna work, by the way? I know you're not allowed to tip draft picks this year, but are you you're doing a joint broadcast so you're on the same set? As like Trey Wingo and all those guys, I'm here. I'm like right at home. So oh. Wingo's gonna, Wingo's going to be in Connecticut, and then everybody else is on remotes. So we're all at home. So you think Wingo so is going to kick be... it to other people, like ESPN people, instead of kicking it to you because you're at the rival? <laughs> it's like an like an all star game. Like get iced out in the uh, in the all star game. Yeah, or, or he might just like wear you out in the first twenty minutes and mm-hmm. go. We're going oh, all yeah. Jeremiah. Yeah. What what if Wingo only goes to me on special teams players? Yeah, yeah. that would be fucked up. Are you gonna Are you gonna have like a Gatorade <laughs> bottle underneath your table so that you can take a piss during it? Mel Kiper doesn't piss during his. What is this? We got a bucket. You gonna piss in that? No, it's a it's a water. It's a hydroflask <laughs> for water. Yeah, I know, but are, you should probably think about that because, like, what if Wingo calls you and you're in the bathroom? That's a great point. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to think this thing through a little bit more. Yes, yes. Um, all right, Daniel Jeremiah, thank you so much. We'd love to have you on anytime. You're a recurring guest now, uh, and we appreciate it. Rasil is going to be pissed that we had you on because he's kind of your guy. So, but that's fine. We can we can deal with the fallout from that. But uh, we, we should have you on like immediately after the draft to give grades to every team. Yes. before we ever get to see the players play. That's my favorite part. That that is so much fun. By the way, if you if I had video and you could have seen Mayock, who would flip his lid because we would just finish the draft and they go, all right, this is the last segment. We got to hand out some draft grades, and he literally be like, not happening. I am not. He refused. Like I'm not doing it. I like um, it. And I'm like I'm like first or second year, and I'm like I'm just trying to keep my job. I got four kids. Like I don't know. B plus. Uh, <laughs> yes. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Daniel. We really appreciate it. Everyone go follow him on Twitter. He's going to be on NFL Network on draft night. You can find him on NFL.com. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That interview with Daniel Jeremiah was brought to us by our friends at Simply Safe. With all this uncertainty in the world, feeling safe at home has never been more important ever. It's why I want to talk to you about Simply Safe Home Security. They're longtime friends of part of my take, and for good reason. I think they've been advertising with us for three years. They've done great business with us. We do great business with them. Simply Safe has made it easy to finally get comprehensive protection for your home. There's no technician or salesperson that needs to come and disrupt your house. You don't need to pay any outrageous monthly fees or sign a two-year contract. You just order online. You set it up yourself in under an hour, and your home is protected 24-7 with emergency dispatch for break-ins, fire, and more all for just 50 cents a day. What have you been waiting for right now? The, probably the biggest complaints people have is like, oh, I don't want to bring some pushy salesperson inside my home. Oh, I don't want to do a long-term contract with a security company that I've never met before. Well, guess what? With Simply Safe, you don't have to worry about any of those. They've made it super easy for you. Very, very simple. That's why they're called Simply Safe. And again, it's just 50 cents a day. US News and World Report named Simply Safe the best overall home security of 2020. Stop waiting. The time that you need a Simply Safe system is before you think you need one. It's not going to do you any good if somebody breaks in 
after the fact. Okay. So right now when you head to simplysafe.com slash PMT, my listeners will get free shipping and a 60 day risk-free trial. That's S I M P L I safe.com slash PMT. Make sure that they make sure that they know that part of my take sent you. I had a little break in scare in my apartment last week. I wish I had simply safe there to let me know what's happening. Simplysafe.com slash PMT. From Simply Safe and all of us here at Part of My Take, wishing you safety and good health. Okay, let's get some segments. Then we have Billy's Deep Dive and a Mount Flush Roar before that as well. Uh, first up, we have uh, Take Quake. We actually have two Take Quakes. So I saved one. I saved the one I was going to do for Who's Back for the Take Quake season. PFT, we'll start with yours, and then we'll do mine. Take Quake Me. Okay, this comes from our good friend, longtime stoolie Susan Slusser in the San Francisco Chronicle. <laughs> she, she wrote an article... Uh, about spitting in baseball and how the coronavirus should lead baseball to outlaw spinning because it's an infectious disease nightmare. You got the pitcher licking his fingers, touching the ball, throwing it to the catcher, catcher taking the ball out, throwing it back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We all know that spitting is just as big a part of baseball as all the other big parts like sacrifice bunts, steroids, you name it. It's, it's ingrained in the DNA of baseball. I just want to say – uh, I respect the fact that somebody is using this crisis to try to get spitting out of baseball, but spitting needs to stay. It's the only place in America where you, where a guy can just go outside and spit nonstop for like 30 minutes at a time. And nobody says shit to him. About Dude, it. 30 minutes, like four hours. And, and the, and, and it's not even like the game of baseball, get, get 50 guys, put them in the middle of a field and have them stand around. They're all going to start spitting. That's what you do in the middle of a field. Like, there's nothing to do but spit. In fact, isn't it better to be spitting all your germs out? If That's we're looking at this science, from an infectious yeah. disease mm-hmm. point of view, I think it's better to be – it's like if you have a handgun and you're constantly firing off rounds into the ground, you're way less likely to accidentally shoot somebody, right? So that we should actually be encouraging more spitting in baseball and other sports. Also, if you're in San Francisco – I think that you need to take care of your own house before you start looking elsewhere because you've got a guy just down the street in Steph Curry that's got a, a walking Petri dish in his mouthpiece that he's throwing all over God's good creation when he's on the court. So maybe you talk to him before you bring it into America's pastime. And if they outlaw Randall, spitting, the players and the managers and stuff are going to realize how boring the actual game is. <laughs> yeah, they have right. nothing to focus Baseball's on on die. the bench. That's yes. one of my favorite things to do is to be watching a live baseball broadcast and to bet on how long it's going to take at the most in between times that you see a guy spitting. Usually it's only like three and a half seconds. <laughs> it's crazy that they would ever think that whatever this woman is wrong, even though she's been a long time listener. Um, all right. My uh, take quick that I have, it might one up this one because we had John, uh, Jim Harbaugh had his comments uh, where he was talking about like, the coronavirus and everything that's going on. And he talked about how we, we talk about, this is his quote. We talk about sanctity of life, yet we live in a society that aborts babies. There can't be anything more horrendous. He took a little uh, turn there at the end of his coronavirus statement, but here from Steve King in Iowa, who's uh, I think a politician, right? I believe so. Yeah. He said, yeah, loosely. He said, Jim Harbaugh uh, beats Ohio state every time when the score is on the values imparted to those he leads. <laughs> All right. There we go. Wait, 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 wait. You think that's good that that we're we're doing scoreboards on the on the values uh and not actually on the football field. But then he went on to say maybe not a cha- national championship, but a culture that champions the value of life. 
Mm. I love I that. Like that. The, Jim like Harbaugh that has gotten his dick kicked in by Ohio State year in and year out. But if the, if we're only judging on the values imparted to those he leads, he has dominated this rivalry. Yeah, and he's very consistent in the fact that he doesn't like to have high seeds eliminated, whether that be inside a wound or on a football field. So uh, good for Jim. He, he, Michigan fans, knowing Michigan fans, they're definitely going to count this as a national championship. Hang the banner. Hang <laughs> they're going to be like, well, here we go. It's just the same as when we beat the D- Detroit YMCA in 1904. Well, yeah, um, I mean, Urban Meyer and Ohio State is the Detroit YMCA of morals and, and correct. Like, correct. Putting together a, a program that you can he, you can set your clock to and value. You had so. some, some some harsh words about you, uh, Ohio State yesterday. Well, because- Ohio State offered me the offensive coordinator job. I'm not about to go coach for uh, Urban Meyer and then uh, let him throw me under the bus every time we lose and leak all my text messages and basically make me the you know scapegoat for everything that he wants to do that's morally corrupted his uh, university. Other than that, fine guy. I, uh, I actually have been thinking about Urban Meyer, and I think that that's he very is, odd. Well, yeah, it's, it's truly odd. <laughs> I, th- I think he is the shadow uh, football coach at Ohio State University, excuse me, the Ohio State University right now. I don't think he ever really left. I think that he's still got like a back entrance to the place and he's still calling most of the shots. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't be I don't shocked. believe that this is Ryan Day that's totally taken over and had the exact same amount of success that Urban has had. I think that Urban just refused to walk out that door permanently, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to say that I'm doing it for my family. I'm going to go on TV. I'm going to plant little negative stories about our opponents and just like do a little bit of undermining across the board in the NCAA. And then in the meantime, I've still got the bat phone that I'll pick up and I'll help you guys when it comes to the install meetings. They did show him right before that that uh, interception that ended the Clemson-Ohio State uh, national semifinal game. It's crazy to just like think back about sports. I was like, wait, when was that game? What was that game? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, all right, let's do our... forward to? Yeah. You know no. I'm looking forward to right now? I'm looking for... I just get excited when I get to smell a different room. A, a room that's slightly off from the room that mm-hmm. I've been sitting in. I mean, last dance. We're recording this before the last dance, but the that's yes. the only thing. Like, I woke up today very excited for that. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much for me. It's that and and game days for Dougs. Game days for Dougs do feel different in, in my household. So, but that's pretty also, much it. It is four twenty today. It doesn't even feel like four twenty. Yeah. Oh yeah. True. See, look. true. My dad, happy birthday! It's the day, day before four twenty. Oh, nice. You gonna call? Um, <laughs> All right, let's do our Mount Flushmore. Ready? Yeah. All right. We'll do a Mount Flushmore toppings. Hank, you are starting because it is Monday. Are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Uh, although I will say you kind of pulled a, a hezzy hay on No, me. you just took a shower. Like, that wasn't that wasn't a hezzy hay. Big Cat is, and I agreed that the hezzy hay was only put into place because it would be a better Mount Flushmore to do in person because it gets a little complicated. Which we'll do on Tuesday. And then you got out of the shower and you're like, oh, my God, I just wrote down my whole Mount Flushmore. Oh, I didn't write anything down. I was in the shower. I know I that just, was the I, joke. All right. I mentally wrote it down. Uh, anchovies. <laughs> Okay, good pick. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. In honor of anchovies, I'm going to find that Ravel tweet. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, uh, uh, PFT. What were you going to say about anchovies? This it might be controversial, but I think that anchovies are not that bad. That's a try hard move by you. That's not controversial. It's not not a try hard move. Here's why it's not. Mm -hmm. Anchovies only get a bad rap because of cartoons. 
where they like you were told from a young age, uh, oh, anchovies, bro, oh, I'm the Ninja Turtles. You put anchovies on my saw, bro, splinter, not cool. That's actually not at all. What anchovies are delicious, delicious. No, they aren't. Them. That's see, they that's just, the tryhard move. All, all they no, they just taste like salt. The anchovies are you gross, just, dude. Are you just are you master splinter? Like, what's good? You yeah, don't like we, the Ninja Turtles? No, I'm saying the Ninja Turtles we use as propaganda to try to nope, get you. It's no, number propaganda, one, it's correct. Not yeah, it's correct. Cool crimes and number two, not eat anchovies. No, I, I think it's more about the thing that they're gross than than uh, the Ninja Turtles. Do you like Caesar salad? No, not with anchovies. Caesar dressing has anchovies in it. Okay, that's, that's the I mean, flavor. that's different. That's, no, that's I don't want flavor. little fish on my fucking on my fucking pizza, dude. It has nothing okay. to do with Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. This is a tryhard. Uh, anchovies move. are the worst in SpongeBob. Great pick. It's not, a, tri- great pick. It's not, it's not a tryhard. Not a tryhard move. I I'll give you this: anchovies when they have the heads and the eyes on. Yeah, that's not cool. But if it's just like the meat, yeah, it's Ugh, great. It's good. I'm telling you. Ugh. What do you order with anchovies? What do you go yeah. on to order with anchovies? The, whatever he's about to say is going to be a try-hard move. No, it's not a try-hard move at all. <laughs> go ahead, say it. This is the first time I've you go to a pizza. You go to a pizza. You go to you you go to a pizza place and you get anchovies on your pizza. I do it probably one out of every fifteen times I order pizza. So it's not like an every time thing because I'm not trying to show off or be a try-hard. Be like, look what I like. But it's nice to have as a change of pace every now and again. If I see anchovies like mixed into a pasta. Uh, sometimes I'll order that, but it's not like I go out of my way to tell everybody, oh, I love anchovies. I am just a believer that uh, that there's been a, a tremendous propaganda effort against anchovies and sardines for most of my adult life, and I just want to speak out in favor of them. Mm. I want to use my platform. Noted. Yeah, noted. We, yeah very much noted. Um, all right, I can't find this fucking tweet. I don't know what. I think he deleted. He it. might have deleted it because he's. What was, was the gist of it? It was essentially like a uh, little life hack for everyone who's going to be a freshman this year. When you order pizza to your dorm room, get anchovies on it so no one will take a bite. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that's a really good way to also not have any friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want to say I would never do anything like that. That's not the type of anchovy order I. I'll do it like on my own. Every once in a blue moon, I would never like request anchovies on a pizza in a group order. Um, all right, PFT, your first pick. Uh, my first pick, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with raw onion, just mm. raw onion on like a burger. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's red or if it's white onion. It can it can overpower the entire rest of the dish. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. You need to. It's also need- like a lazy. That's usually like a, yeah. that's a sign of a shitty like sports bar burger. Like lazy, just throw it on top. Yeah, like a it, thick ass one. It's also yeah. just like how much better are caramelized onions and raw onions? Million. It's significant. It's Million. infinity. So it's like do do a little bit of work here and make them infinity even better. Onions. Yeah, even grilled onions. Um, all right, my first two. I get two. Uh, I don't. I've never met anyone who likes this, and I hope no one likes it. But artichokes are disgusting. I don't know what the fucking artichoke is. Yeah, but I have that artichoke. Oh, PFT all the time. What 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 cartoon of our childhood changed our mind to think artichokes? You're were not going to budge me off my anchovies take, and my anchovies take is not that but wild. What, but you gave me but a little artichoke- side eye with ar- artichokes. I know. I was just thinking to myself, like spinach artichoke dip is good. But that's not artichoke. Artichokes on a pizza is disgusting. 
Yeah, that's I wasn't going to touch that. I agree with that. Yeah. One. Yeah, as soon as as soon as you start doing dips cuz like also dips every dip when you're like, "Oh yeah, the spinach artichoke dip is good." It's like probably a shitload of butter or cheese mm-hmm. or something in it that makes it good. That's the good part. Um all right. Shout out to uh shout out to Scottsdale Community College though. They have, they're the artichokes and I have one of their shirts and I love it. Uh Hank, uh, you were going to say something negative about or positive about artichokes, weren't you? No, that's what I was gonna say. I, just, oh, just I had that. this. Okay. I had that Scottsdale Community College artichoke shirt, and it's 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 lasted me like four years. I, I can't get rid of it. Choke um, me, daddy. Sh- have you guys ever done this? My second pick. Uh, Already the artichoke. Shrimp on pizza is disgusting. Disgusting. And, oh, and but it's good I'm, as a cocktail. Oh, wait, wait, wait. It's good. okay. Interesting. <laughs> I've no, I've definitely tried it, being like, "Who? This could be interesting." And then you're like, "Wait, that was a bad idea." Hank, you don't understand. When it's in a cocktail, there's tomato sauce that goes with it. Mm, totally. Right. In, mm. in a you like shrimp on your pizza? No. Okay. Absolutely not. Hmm. That's, that's interesting. Hmm. Shrimp cocktail is great, though. Shrimp cocktail is just oh, delicious. Cocktail. Delicious. Yeah. Uh, but you need... What up? What up? <laughs> <laughs> wait, that, wait, wait, wait. That proves wait. my entire point that no, you need doesn't. the sauce. That proves my entire point. No. Shrimp cocktail without the sauce would be disgusting. Because without it, it would just be a topping. No, it's the it's the it's the texture of shrimp on pizza is very disgusting. It's like the cheese and the shrimp together just don't work. It's cheese and shrimp. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't have cheese and shrimp. Wait, wait, is this pizza toppings or just toppings? Toppings, but it's, it's pizza too, topping yeah. for this You're one. You're being very specific with your. Okay, well, I'm saying a pizza topping. He's saying shrimp on pizza as the what, topping. Would you would do you want shrimp on what? Who's that dog, Hank? <laughs> I've I've never heard a dog. On this floor Did you kidnap life. a dog? No. All right, this is very contentious. PFT, your second pick. Uh, my second pick, I'm going to go with alfalfa sprouts. Sprouts in general on a sandwich. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like you're flossing with, with pubes Gross. from the Jolly Green Giant. Yep. Really, really disgusting stuff. Gross. I agree. Good, good pick. Thank you. Hank. Uh, I will go with jalapenos, jalapenos. What? what? Come on. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'll give that to you because you have the, the palate of an infant when it comes to spice. So if it's too spicy, I understand. If I ever get something and I fucking have a, a, a bite of a jalapeno that I didn't expect, I get so mad every time without fail. <laughs> if you like hot sauce or whatever the fuck you freaks like, get it on your own. It should just be like thrown onto nachos. Like if you ever had a nacho and you're not expecting a jalapeno and then you get jalapeno bombed. Terrible. Uh, hey, Terrible man. experience. What about the different hot sauces at Taco Bell? What's the highest that you'll go on those? Oh. Zero. I, they're all great. They're all Water. great sauces. Don't get me wrong. Mild, medium, and hot. Baja the fire blast. sauce. Everyone, everyone yeah. loves the fire sauce. Not me. The okay. food is good enough where you don't need sauce. Ah. There you go. All right. Your second. Your third pick, Hank. Uh, fried egg. What? Mm. On, on pizza? Wait. On um, what? On pizza, on a burger. Oh, the burger's the wrong choice. Uh-huh. Fried egg on a burger's awesome. It nope, is, incorrect. Yes. No, you're it incorrect. No, you're incorrect. No, you're incorrect. I do think that no, the fried incorrect. egg on the burger has gotten overused recently where they just yes. start putting it on stuff, but it's still really good on like a hangover burger mm-hmm. where you have a, the, the yolk a little bit mm-hmm. runny, mm-hmm. bite into it, makes you feel like it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner mm-hmm. all at once. Mm-hmm. Delicious. All right, PFT, your third pick. My third pick, I'm going to go with... We gotta stop doing food ones. Mushrooms, <laughs> mushrooms, mushrooms. Not a, fan of, not a fan of mushrooms as a, as a topic. I'm okay with mushrooms. It's kind of a give or take. I yeah. I I whatever. They're like a whatever thing. I, you know, they're one of the only toppings that I'll eat around on a pizza. 
Um, all right, my third pick. I think Hank's gonna hate this one. Actually, I have two that Hank might hate. Gummy bears on ice cream, disgusting. They get so hard. Yeah, and when you go to like frozen yogurt bars, what do you what what are you doing, Hank? Hank, Hank's mad. I knew he'd be mad. (laughs) Do you like the gummy bears on ice cream? Of course I like gummy bears on ice cream. What do you mean? They get so hard. The consistency of a gummy bear is completely ruined when it's put on ice cream, and the flavors never match up. No, I, but then you get to you have the ice cream, and then the ice cream melts away, and then you get the nice savory taste of a gummy bear. No, it's, it's not savory. Yeah, it's, it's not sweet, what savory is. But you do get the taste of the gummy bear. Also, if it's a rock hard gummy bear, yeah. It makes you work for it a little bit longer. It's, it's like you, you have to hate, chew it. You loosen it up a little bit. You get a jaw workout it. in. Uh, I don't I mind it, it at all. I hate it. You just said you didn't like it. A gummy bear on frozen yogurt? Yeah. No, I said I do like it. I, you like I order, that? Okay. Every time I What's order frozen yogurt, gummy bears on there. No, I, I have one that you're really going to hate. Um, And I've tried it many times, and I can't. I just can't get into it. Animal-style sauce on fries. In and not, out. I, I don't hate that one that okay. much. I, I, don't, All right. I don't get animal style. I think I it's I think style. it's wildly overrated. I really mm-hmm. do. I think I the animal sauce on the burger, okay. Like that adds something. The animal sauce on fries, I think it just becomes disgusting. And you're like, what are we doing? We're eating like a bunch of soggy fries, and then the bottom is like untouched ones. Too much. Yeah, I feel like people don't eat the full like people order that as like a high, like they show up high, like, oh, like let me get animal style. It's, Hell yeah. It's a and co- then you have like three bites and you never finish. It's a cool hipster thing to do that everyone's like, you gotta get animal style on fries, and then you get it and you're like, Wait, who decided that this was a good idea? Cali teens did. And then every yeah, regular you- person gets it and they're like, This is a bad idea. If you're throwing a pickup on the gram and you have like the burger with the animal fries next to it, like that, that looks dope. If you but. don't have the, if you have plain fries, everyone will comment, dude, you gotta get animal style. It's like, dude, I wanna actually enjoy my fries after the first bite. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's my fourth pick. Uh, my last one, I'm gonna go with homemade ketchup or house made ketchup. If you're at a restaurant and they have like a burger or fries or something like that and you ask for ketchup and they make it themselves, I just Ooh, I can't stop thinking that can be all good. I, all no yeah. all I ever want is Heinz. Heinz will never be topped Mm-mm. in terms of how they how they've created the perfect ketchup recipe. It's sweet. I know it's got all this processed shit in there and preservatives that are probably gonna make me die twenty five years earlier, but guess what? I would rather die on my feet than uh die also on my knees eating inferior ketchup. I think that can be good sometimes. If you go to a really nice place, they can they can they can do some bomb ketchup. Mm. It's such a crapshoot. I don't. I have never had ketchup where I think to myself, "This is better than Heinz." Um, Hank, your last pick. I mean, I wasn't going to say this, but PFT just kind of reminded me, and I might as well just get it out there since you know people seem to be very upset with my food taste in general. But just ketchup, period. <laughs> you just cocked PFT. <laughs> ketchup is disgusting. Is Anyone ketchup- like it's it's a mask. It's the same as buffalo sauce. If you need to have ketchup, like people that eat ketchup get addicted to it and they're like i need to have pizza but i need to have ketchup there I need is to have a hot dog but i need to have a ketchup i need to have like chips but i need to have ketchup it's just it's a mask it's, or you can just it, not, it is an addiction like, i agree you become a ketchup addict people are weird about it i only i only use ketchup for french fries that's it the ketchup it's the ketchup pizza people that scare me it's like you don't you don't need ketchup for this i've never seen ketchup on pizza i think no they Big dip it got, they dip it yeah oh yeah people dip it some- Western bias against ketchup because of the whole hot dog thing. And I actually think hot dogs can be good with a little bit of ketchup on it. I'm not ashamed to. 
it ma- it it just overpowers the taste. That's my thing with ketchup, and that's I mean I do like it on French fries because I, I don't know I just like it on French fries, but I I think it overpowers. I I I won't say that like if you put a little ketchup on a hot dog, it doesn't it won't totally ruin the hot dog, but I think it's you can have a better hot dog without ketchup. Plain hot dog, chaser bun, you're good to go. <laughs> there you go, chaser bun, baby. All right, any that miss the what do you guys think about olives? I I hate olives on pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to hate olives, but in the last five years, I don't know. I just like them now. It's weird. Um, and then Bacos, the the fake <laughs> Baco, Baco uh, they're like soy, but they're bacon flavored. Those things are yeah. disgusting. They should be good because you're like, oh, my God, it's just bacon in a can, but it's not mm-hmm. bacon. I had um, I had bread and butter pickles. Mm. You always get disappointed when you bite into those and it's not the kosher dill. So you're saying uh, pickles are trash. And then. No, bread and butter mm. pickles are not good. All other types of pickles are awesome. I'm, I'm a pickle fanatic. Um, Vegemite. Uh. Vegemite is just garbage. Uh, I know a lot of Australian people out there will disagree with that, but, I mean, you know that it's trash, too. You just have conv- – it's like the Skyline Chili of Australia. The other one that I was uh, considering, but it's not really a topping, is oh. is uh, is just cold butter on bread. That's not really a topping because it's butter, but that just drives me – I am – that's probably my, my – like, if, if someone has cold butter at their wedding or, like, some kind of banquet, I immediately just hate them forever. Forever. Just- it stays in that ball in the middle of your bread, and then you try to spread yeah. it, and you end up just like decimating mm-hmm. your entire slice of bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awful. It's terrible. What are the spicy flakes that people put on pizza? I don't like those either. Red chili. You mean red red pepper red flakes? Pepper? Yeah, they're delicious. <laughs> you just don't like spice of any kind. We should take. We should actually. Our next bet should be like we take Hank to a Thai restaurant and be like the full spice and um, just watch the, him the die. Fi- the five peppers. I actually think he would go to the hospital. Like, I think he would make us call him an ambulance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched I watched some hot ones a lot during quarantine. Uh, shout out Sean Evans, but I, I don't think I'd make it to one wing. Like, I don't like I like <laughs> it's crazy. Big cat, big cat. Hank, you should you should actually really want to do this to yourself because we can feed you all the spicy food at a Thai restaurant, and then memes that will come out of the face. <laughs> you would that cry you everywhere. Like, I mean, if you've seen the on, on hot ones when Shaq was yeah. eating a wing. Like it's an instant yes. meme. Paul Rudd, not really a wing related, but that was a meme. Look at us. Yeah, look yeah. at us. I'm, I'm all set with that. I think I'd lose my taste buds forever. Um. All right. Let's. Uh. That was good. Mount Flush. More contentious. Uh. Let's get to the last thing in the show. We got a deep dive with Billy Football. Before we do that, our friends from Free Fly. Now, Free Fly gets the Big Cat stamp of approval because even before. They were advertising with us. I was purchasing their clothes. That's how great they are. Free Fly was uh, founded by a Montana fishing guide and two Nike marketers. They identified a big problem. Outdoor clothing was too complicated and too uncomfortable. Together, they quit their jobs and made it their mission to create the most comfortable shirt imaginable. On top of being super comfortable, Free Fly's bamboo clothing has UPF sun protection, wicks away moisture, and won't hold odor. From fishing to hitting the gym or lounging around the house, this stuff is incredible. And you can get 20% off when you visit freeflyapparel.com slash take. That's freeflyapparel.com slash take. 20% off. Again, I was using this before they were an advertiser. I found it. I don't can't remember how I found it, but I've loved it ever since. It's super soft clothing. They have perfect springtime sweatshirts, those thin sweatshirts, and they also have great summer gear, shorts, t-shirts, everything you need to look good while you're outside. 
and do it with free freeflyapparel.com slash take. That's freeflyapparel.com slash take. Okay, we now welcome on uh, our Monday deep dive during quarantine. It is Billy Football. Billy, we're going to talk about dinosaurs, but let's first talk about Billy's bunker. Berser- Billy's berserker bunker. It's looking pretty sick, dude. Dude, I this place is awesome. We got frogs. We got kittens. We got a puppy coming. We got a PS4. We got all my jerseys on the wall. Do you have any animals that get along together? Um, I got a puppy coming, but I'm going to put it with the kittens that will get along. You play Call of Duty. What games do you play on PS4? Okay, so, like, this is, like, the first time I've had, like, a game console since, like, GameCube. Because, like, I kind of was, like... Playing sports? sports. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I suck at all competitive games, but I love games like Skyrim. Or like, can I like? How much free time do we have on the Twitch? Can I just like do Skyrim for hours in the meantime? Yeah, yeah, we'll have I mean, to set some protocols for you to go live on Twitch. But yes, you absolutely can. That'd be sick. Oh, UFC three. Me and Dale have legit just been like playing that for hours. I, that is something we would watch. I would watch you and Dale fight UFC UFC three all the yeah. time. It's actually sick. We're we're pretty good at that. That game I'm pretty good at. So it's gonna be lit. Yeah. All right, so I'm looking at your wall of jerseys right now. It looks very impressive. You've got Jeter, Bird, Danny Woodhead, and just when I thought it couldn't get any better, you've got a Swag Kelly. Is that an old Miss jersey? Yeah, old Miss Swag Kelly. I also got um, Mayfield, Baker Mayfield. And, then and yourself. I got Yeah, I got my high school jersey. I got Gronk. And then um, I got the notorious McGregor. Yep. Okay. And then how, what's up with the Frogs? Okay, so um, – you know the frogs you guys used to have? Skip and Stephen A, yeah. yeah this well, might actually – we might cancel dinosaurs for – let's do dinosaurs next week. Let's do Billy's Berserker Bunker right now. Let's just do it. All okay, right. perfect. All so right. I got these African clawed frogs. So you guys had dwarf frogs? <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, these are fucking huge, bro. Let me like, see. Wait, <laughs> African clawed frogs. Is the that what you females, said? Yeah, yeah, I'll feed them on camera right now. The females are bigger than the males. Oh this is Bertha. This is Bertha, and this is Ebony. We had an Ivory too, but Ivory died. She was a giant albino. She was really old. Holy I got two shit. Oscars. We got a Fire Oscar and a in a um, albino Oscar, and then we got a Pleco um, with Ember and um, Cole, and then we got a Pleco named Obama. For those that are that are <laughs> listening on the podcast and not watching, those are in uh those are in storage like closed containers. Well. Glass is expensive. Hey, hey. Glass is expensive. Glass is expensive, but this does the exact same job. Like, this is, is like that a, a gas mask? It's a, oh, yeah. Oh, I got my, all my masks. We got gas mask. Oh, go to Barstool Gold to see this live. Oh, yeah. You did a bunker. All right. So, so oh, you, you – No, we don't have Barstool Gold anymore. Good uh, yeah, yeah, no, that was a great plug. All right. So, so walk us through what else you got here. So, you basically said this might last a long time. I'm building my own bunker in my mom's yeah. house, and it's going to be sick. Yeah, so it's like I was basically like if my mother and I have to quarantine and just like social distance everybody and only Dale's allowed over, so <laughs> Dale has to enter through this door and uh, it's the back door. So yeah. the only person who's allowed in here is Dale. And, uh, yo, and check out my, my, my puppy pit, but right now I got four kittens. Wait, how often does Dale come over? Well, he comes over like when he can, like when we're not doing school. When we're not yeah, doing school. Over. got it. You so, still yeah. do school? Yeah, dude. School, school online sucks. It's all. I mean, like, legit for education. No one's actually learning anything. Everyone's just cheating on online school. 
Uh-huh. Not you though. No, um, you, you should call. Like, you should refer to Dale as long as quarantine lasts. Just as Dale. Dale. <laughs> Yeah. What? Wait, wait. Go back to the kittens. Let's see the kittens. So yeah, you just you just found four kittens and saved yeah, them. So I was cleaning up my dad's barn and um I was running in and uh, my dad hates cats. So I was like, I found the kit. I saw a kitten run under a woodpile. So then I went back and I, I was like, Yo, Dad, you got kittens in the front barn. He was like, Kittens? I hate cats. Get them out of here. So like, okay, grabbed all the kittens and now I have a kitten pit. Let's see. Okay. How so many are in there? They're all sleeping right now. When I feed them later, do you want me to get one out? No, no, no. Don't let, let them sleep. seriously bad. This is seriously bad radio because they can't see any of this. No, that's okay. People will we'll describe it. So have you named the kittens? Yeah. One, oh, yeah. Of course. Joe Exotic, Carol Baskins, Doc <laughs> Antle, and Jeff Lowe. <laughs> that, will, that will be, yeah. you know, you know cats live for like 15 years. Oh, no. I already adopted them out. I just oh, got to okay. take care of them, yeah. Oh, so you're fostering them right now. I'm fostering, yeah. So I got, I took them to the vet. They they didn't have fleas, and they're pretty healthy, but they might have AIDS. We got to check in two weeks. What? Cats yeah, feline AIDS. Bro. And you think they have them? Well, we don't know. You can't test until they're eight weeks old. So don't let them have sex with each other, and don't have sex with them Whoa. until you find out. That's fucked. <laughs> okay what else we got do you have a, a squat rack or anything it seems like you're not even getting gains down there dude i have my weights i have a inversion table to keep the spinal uh spinal disc dude get on the inversion table while you're doing this uh, do you want me to do this upside down yeah, yeah do it down. Upside down. <laughs> you should sleep upside down let me position it let me position it okay but well, you got to talk loud if you're going to be away from the, oh, the computer Mom, I do have the Stanley knife. Mom, I'm recording. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mrs. Football. Hello, Mrs. Football. How are you doing? <laughs> Mom, I'm playing with my friends right now. <laughs> <laughs> my berserker basement. I told you not to come down here. Mom, <laughs> Mom, I was telling about my berserker cats. Mom, Mom I said at 4 o'clock. <laughs> Don't come down until I come up. Okay, so so... So are you getting gains down there? I think that's the most important question. So I'm doing a lot of body weight stuff. Um, that's so a no. I'm trying to – basically, I'm flirting with my NCAA eligibility, looking for a squat rack on Craigslist and stuff like that. So Wait, uh, are you saying that like if, you, if somebody gives you a squat rack, that could be an impermissible, impermissible benefit? I'm just saying if someone wants to send a squat rack to someone – who may be getting a lot of packages right now, and then it gets redirected mm. to a random location. It smart. wouldn't be the worst thing. Our boy's smart. So uh-huh. also, if there's any custom aquarium makers who uh, <laughs> want to do some glass work. Uh, well, I bet you Dave also has that taken care of because he's gotten about a thousand animals. I'm sure. I'm wait, sure actually, he's gotten you should some... send them all to me. <laughs> no, seriously, I can, if like, I could sell all the chicks to like a like a like a live like because you know like he's talking about chickens by the way for people who don't know what's going on you should just surprise one of Dave's unboxings and just show up and just Mm -hmm. start taking stuff pick up all the animals like give me all the chickens yeah all right so Billy last question are do you sleep in this basement no I'm not allowed to sleep in the basement oh that's too bad (laughs) I have to come up it would be sick like Uh, do you have a curfew that you have to come up by um. Like basically, I just have to make sure you know everything's locked up, and I gotta go to bed at a reason. I like been going to bed early. There's nothing really. Like sometimes I'm up late. 
what if you got like a, a sick bean bag down there or something? Could you sleep down there then? We're getting a sicker couch. This is more of just a bench with like cloth on it. <laughs> but um, my Not couch. A couch? My couch that's in storage. Um, we're going to the storage place to pick it up from college and bring it back. It's going to be sick. So uh, I, I'm thinking you either got to go beanbag or waterbed down there. Yeah. Ooh, waterbed. Do they make those anymore? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So financing is pretty cool. So you you're basically set for the quarantine for nuclear holocaust oh, for everything. Have like a ton of non-perishables down here. So like, I also got, I also have been st- stockpiling weapons. Okay. Good. So I got Smart. Axe. I got another axe. I have a sledgehammer. I got two axes, a sledgehammer, um, a BB gun, semi-automatic BB gun. So like, I'm not shooting to kill. I'm shooting to like stopping power. Yep. So yep. That's cool. Okay. And then, do you do you think that if if like the world fell apart, do you think maybe there's not enough feminine touch in your basement for your mom to also live in there? Like that would kind of suck for her. No, I mean she she she. The, this there's too much feminine touch in the house. This is my spot. Got it. Billy's Got man it. cave. Yeah, this is my safe cave. space. My Parker uh, zone. Billy, if all goes to shit in New York City, can we enter your apocalypse bunker? Do we? Is there like a card that we have to have or a password to get uh, in? So I have one of those slits. This, this is Dale. He knock on the door and say, "Hey, it's Dale. Let's and wrestle." I, I, yeah, I, I'm installing one of <laughs> my mom. I, I gotta get a power saw, but I'm gonna install one of those things that go like this, and it's just your eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Oh, nice, nice, uh, nice. A glory hole. No, the, the the slit. Right. Yeah. We can do it. We we can do a little glory hole. Yeah, maybe. There's a slit for your yeah. eyes, and then if you can notice their eyes, then you then you open the slit for their crotch. What's the What's the toilet protocol down there? Um. So I'm trying to build. I have like a semi. Oh. I have I to build a toilet. Sink that I put in. There's got to be a hole, like a sewage hole. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're kind of doing. <laughs> Yeah. Good job, Hank. It's, it's, it's the drainage. It's that's the, every. It's. I've been in that basement a hundred times. I, it's a yeah. sub pump. Yeah. Yeah. It's for the sub pump. So. Yeah. yeah. You know, also doing a ton of DIY stuff. Like I'm assembling <laughs> like puppy pit, and then I'm getting like your couch, my couch assembling all of jerseys. This thing was empty, and now it's just filled with all my cool stuff. Oh, yeah. Billy, you know what we got to do? We got to get you on Pinterest. And have all your DIY projects like uploaded there so that mm-hmm. so that people can check it out. They're trying to decorate their apocalypse bunker. Dude, I might build a huge frog tank. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah, whole thing could be a frog tank. Just fill the whole basement with water. It should be like Tube City for frogs. <laughs> oh, Dude, if you have if you have your old key to the office, you should really just go on an incognito mode mission and just and just store up for the for the basement. Uh, Hank, I do still have your credit card in my Amazon. I've, I haven't done anything with it. I haven't done anything with it. So that's like trust tree. You can check it. I haven't ordered anything with it. That's good. But hypothetically. You need some stuff. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, Billy, this has been fantastic. This is my favorite deep dive to date. Can you just uh, let me give my top four dinosaurs or something? Yeah, give me your f- top four dinosaurs. T-Rex is an absolute fraud. We got Gigantosaurus. That's like the alpha of all the dinosaurs. It's just basically T-Rex with functional arms, but like four times as big. Okay. It's like a dragon compared to the wyvern. Yeah, wyverns are like the frost dragon's the sickest dragon. Check out this book, Dragonology, by Dr. Ernest Drake. It was one of the most eye-opening books I read as a child. It's all true, and it gives all the dragons and all about them. It's totally sick. And then there was another version, Monsterology, which was another sick one. Anyway, they're true. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, so Gigantosaurus is sick. And then Velociraptors are absolute frauds. Fraud. Okay. Utah Raptors are what was, like, based off of the Raptors in Jurassic Park. Utah Raptors are, like, bigger. Velociraptors were, like, the size of a chicken. Like, I could punt one. Yeah. Like, like absolute, like, and they probably just, like, raided nests and ate eggs. So, like, they're total, like, betas. What else? Um, That's two. Okay, so Allosaurus is my yeah. favorite dinosaur. That's three. Allosaurus okay. sick as hell. Yeah, Allosaurus was like because they T Rex wasn't really a pack hunter. Allosaurus were like like a giant like um, tyrannosaur that um, was like like hunted in packs. They took down like like there's like insane fossils they found of like right. six Allosauruses like the size of like little smaller than T-Rexes just taking down these huge Diplodocuses. It's actually sick. Right. The way I, I always saw it was like a Tyrannosaurus was way bigger than Allosaurus, but it was like a, a superstar that, that like was a diva and went out on its yeah. own. It's like in the, uh, the Super Bowl where the Rams got introduced one by one, and then the Patriots all came out at the same time on defense. That was the Allosaurus. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then what, four? Four is Iguanodon because he's the OG Okay, nice. We're gonna have Bubba make sure when you do the graphic for Mount Rushmore, have it be Mount Rush Mount Flushmore of, of toppings, and then a fourth column that just says Mount Rushmore of Billy's dinosaurs. Billy's favorite dinos. <laughs> we'll just and, add that. Can you guys tell me your favorite dinosaurs? Uh, I'll, I'll have to do it next week. I'll have to do some research. Okay. I like the Triceratops. Yeah, let's do it next week. We'll do. Uh, we'll tell you T-Rex, our favorites. A T Rex never met a Stegosaurus. Yep. Fact. Yeah, we learned that last week fact um all right billy thank you everyone (laughs) tweet billy what what we should do uh next week he's in the berserker bunker so he's got nothing but time yeah and yeah really quick uh twitter at billy hot takes berserker blood cult on instagram and i just started a tiktok and i'm not going to be a douchebag on it i'm not taking my shirt off i'm not dancing it's just you're not gonna get any likes then billy you're not gonna get any likes buddy wait we should billy hot takes do we have a part of my take tiktok we do yeah we should just make Billy just be a wiggle dicker, as Dave calls him. I'm yeah. not doing it. I'm not doing yeah, it. Yeah, you are. You're you already paid. Oh, and you okay. know what? Okay, okay. We'll call him. We'll, call him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll insinuate that he's another Paul brother. He can be yes. Billy Paul. No, that's yes. what I don't want to be. I don't want to <laughs> be. All right, Billy. Paul. We're gonna. You're going to start doing wiggle dicks on, on the part of my take uh, TikTok. All you right. should fight Jake Paul. Yeah, you should fight Jake Paul. I uh, did. He's actually fought before. Like I, I know like he's a, actually a he was a sick wrestler in Ohio too. Yeah, you could take him. Yeah. All right, Billy. Peace. Love you guys.